seriously on JN Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Seth Cohen? <laughs> Sandy is befuddled. He cannot believe statement. <laughs> that any girls would be interested in his son. What kind of news publication says hubby attorney? It's the Huffington Post. The Hubbington Post. <laughs> Caleb calls Kirsten. Rachel calls Sandy. And I believe... That this is a phone call callback. It's time for JN Mitchell's DOC podcast. What's up, everybody? It's JN Mitchell's DOC podcast. That's right. It's the podcast where we talk about every episode of the beloved maligned you make up your mind how you feel about this show fox's early aughts teen soap opera for prime time the oc today we'll be discussing episode 110 the perfect couple jay what is up hey hey mitchell great to be here um fucking episode 10 double digits double digits we made it it, it took us digits. 10 episodes to figure out how to intro this show, and we still don't really know how to do it. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten I, it yet. I like to think that the five or six people that do listen to this w- before they hit play are like, I wonder how they're going to start it this time. I know. I like to keep them on their toes. Exactly. Um, yeah, dude. The, at this point, we've talked about this show for almost 30 hours, if you do the math. Oh, that's a great point, because I don't think we have an episode that clocks in under three hours, because there's just so... We've talked about the OC for over a day. Wow, fuck. You're you're right. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I feel great. I think if we did um, a podcast where we talked about it for 24 hours straight, uh, it might... I might go crazy, but... The having like a week in between episodes to kind of reset, mm. get ready for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel good. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of the things that I look forward to every week. Um, I don't have a ton of stuff to look forward to <laughs> these days, yeah. but uh, regardless, I really look forward to doing this every week. I do too. If nothing else, it's just nice to hang out for three hours and talk about this show that I know we both like, or we both at least have very strong feelings about. I think you summed it up perfectly when you called the show Beloved? (laughs) Question mark? Maligned? (laughs) I think it's got, you know, it's got great things about it, but it's also got a lot of stuff that hasn't aged super well. It's also got a lot of stuff that's kind of guilty pleasure-y for me, I guess. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, um, but let's get into it, man. We got, uh, yeah, this is the 10th episode of the first season. It's called The Perfect Couple. Who do you think Can that's just, referring to? Well, here's what I was just thinking. I didn't okay. put this in my notes. But episode 10, double digits. It's our first time doing an episode in the double digits because that's how counting works. <laughs> yep. But episode 10, you got a one and a zero. That's two numbers. And you know what two numbers is? It's a couple of numbers. Wow. It's, I don't know if it's the perfect couple, but it is a couple. <laughs> that's right. As far as numbers go, 
I would say the two that go best together are sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doy. Um, I heard, I read earlier today or yesterday that Mister Rogers' favorite number was one forty-three because I thought you were gonna say sixty-nine. <laughs> no, his favorite numbers are sixty-nine four twenty. <laughs> Mr. Rogers is awesome. His favorite number is 143 because that's how many letters are in the words I love you. Because he was the he was better than all of us will ever be. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I thought of that right before you said I love you. I was counting those letters in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, you got yeah. it. Yeah. You got his number, Fred Rogers. Saint why Fred he, Rogers. Why is he gone and we're still here? I know it's not. It's because <laughs> the universe is chaos and there's no reason for anything. But at least he mm. was here, you know. At least we had him for a little while. He was here. He left his mark. I never saw that Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> Me uh, neither. I'm sure he did a great job, though. I'm sure he did. Could you imagine anyone else attempting to play Mr. Rogers? Um, I think that Vince Vaughn would do a pretty good Mr. Rogers. <laughs> this fast-talking, chain-smoking <laughs> version of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, baby. <laughs> hey, kid, get over here. You so money, baby. You don't even know it. <laughs> I imagine that Vince Vaughn still talks like he does from his character from Swingers in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we haven't really kept up too much with Vince Vaughn's work since we both referenced. I thought swingers. he was pretty good in um, True Detective. Oh, that's true. The season two, the, the one that nobody liked, but still, yeah, yeah. I thought the he often, was good in it. Often shit on season two, but yeah, he was good. It's all paper mache. That's baby. his. That's his Fred Rogers. <laughs> yeah, you're you're so paper mache, baby. <laughs> um. All right, let's get back to the OC. Fun sidebar, <laughs> but we got business to tend to. I took a lot of notes on this one. The perfect Wait. couple. What? We got to play our weekly segment, everyone's favorite game. Oh, yeah. How tall is Lin-Manuel Miranda? Mitchell. Yeah. How, How tall is Lin-Manuel Miranda? I'll let you answer first. Okay, let me think here. Is he, can I ask you question? yes or no questions? Yes. Okay, that was the first one. <laughs> okay, you got 20 more? <laughs> <laughs> is he wearing heels? No. Is he wearing a stovepipe hat? No. Is he barefoot? Yes. Is he standing on top of a chair or ottoman or some other piece of furniture? Ottoman, yes. Ottoman, but, okay, yeah. But he dug a hole in the ground to put the ottoman, so it's at mm. ground level when he oh. stands on it. <laughs> Very well. Um, I'm going to guess that there's a little bit of give to the ottoman, because I imagine he has sort of a plush, cushy ottoman, which makes me want to say five foot nine. Ding, 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 yeah! ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God, I'm two for two for this one. I don't know how you do it, man. Week hey, after week. I just follow my heart. You know, I try real hard. <laughs> try my hardest. 
And that has been this week's edition of How Tall is Lin-Manuel Miranda? Back over to you, Mitchell. All right. Thank you, Jay. All right. Episode 110, The Perfect Couple. Who do you think this title is referring to? Kirsten and Sandy? Ryan and Marissa? Who do we got? Who's the perfect I mean, couple? I think it's... I think it's, can I say both? I don't know. Like initially, I thought Sandy and Kirsten, but like they got some, they got some problems in this episode. It's not all perfect. Oh yeah, I mean they've all got problems. So yeah, the last episode, Ryan and Marissa hooked up. I would we call them a couple at this point though? Well, the uh, the term boyfriend uh, comes up in this episode. That's true. So, um, I don't, I mean, I guess you could get really big in thinking about this to be like, maybe this title is like, what is there a perfect couple? What mm. is the perfect couple? Does it exist? Great questions. Um, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of that <laughs> when we dig into is this it, episode. Is it truly based on looks? Because Ryan Atwood and Marissa Cooper are pretty beautiful people. So. <laughs> it's all based on looks. Yeah. That's silly. Um but yeah, uh this episode was written by Michael Fresco. I don't know if that is his actual name because it could be spell spelling correction on my computer. His name could probably be something that is an actual name. Um yeah, no, Michael Fresco. That was it. No autocorrect. You done good, Apple. Um he <laughs> So he like directed, um, he's like a TV director. He's directed a lot of TV. Uh, this is his first OC episode that he's directed, but he will direct nine other episodes of the OC. So I think they, they like Fresco. Josh Schwartz, likey the Fresco. Likes the Fresco. He finds him refresh, refreshing, refresco. <laughs> Refrescoing. Refreshing. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it. And then, Fresca is a good beverage. <laughs> Grapefruit. <laughs> this is why this podcast is over three hours. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, <laughs> and Josh Schwartz, he's he's like noted as like the head writer on a lot of these episodes, which I find interesting. You don't really see that all the time from a showrunner, like actually like doing the writing of the episodes. But I think he's in there, man. He's in the writer's room working it, getting getting top billing on the writer's credit. This uh, episode was also... That, yeah. I wonder if that continues on like into season two or if it was just like one season one, he was really hands-on and then by the time it gets to season two, he's he's a little more, uh, you know, letting letting it kind of run itself. Sure, yeah. he's he Yeah, I feel like early on you have to establish like the tone and the you know, the characters and the pacing and, and kind of like, I'm sure he has, he has a lot to do with like w- the direction of the show, like where it's going, kind of like big arches, arcs, <laughs> arches, big uh, double arches that happen. It takes place in, yeah, it takes place in St. Louis at a McDonald's. So yeah. there's arches <laughs> everywhere. There's arches everywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm curious about that too. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the quality of the show kind of drops season to season i mean season two has some really great episodes and but season three i feel like kind of drags and then season four i don't even really remember it too well aside from the finale 
but um alan heinberg was the co-writer on this episode and he wrote a little movie called wonder woman that came out not too long ago oh that's pretty cool interesting he writes a, he his name pops up a lot on oc credits like yeah producing I, wise and writing wise and stuff so good I for wonder, him i wonder if he like did all of the comic book reference stuff <laughs> because it sounds like you know if you're writing for wonder woman you gotta you gotta know some, a thing or two about comics yeah yeah interesting oh, yeah. also uh summer dresses up as wonder woman in an episode to seduce seth good point yeah I wonder if he had a hand in that as well. Um, so the show opens, uh, as all of them do, with a previously on. Um, I didn't really have any notes about this other than it's a lot of like Ryan and Marissa, Seth and Anna. It's it's going to be like a relationshipy episode, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I felt it was a lot of stuff just kind of from the last two or three episodes. Like they weren't going back to like, I stole a car. Yeah, there's no, it. no big, um, I guess, like, like, uh, yeah, no, no big events happening. It's all just like, still, we're still kind of like staying with the couples and how their uh, relationships are developing, which is good. I think this is a good stretch of episodes. And I really like the kind of like, I guess, like the drama that comes out of just like two people trying to navigate a relationship. Yeah, I I liked I liked the, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It's we're still on on this good run of episodes that we've been enjoying the last since I guess since like the Tijuana episode. Yeah, it's because fucking Oliver hasn't shown up yet. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll get oh, there. Oh boy. All right, so we open on the pool house. It's the bed. It's nighttime. It's Ryan. Not, it's Marissa. It's not a breakfast scene. No, sir. It is a <laughs> dessert scene. <laughs> Ryan and Marissa are making out hardcore on the bed. There and, is, uh, uh, there yeah. is quite a bit of making out. There's a lot of heavy breathing. Yeah, they get those mics right inside their mouths. You just hear like, he's <sighs> <sighs> going for it. Ryan's not on a Ferris wheel. He's more comfortable on the on oh, the yeah. ground. He's in his element. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song that's playing in the background is strange and beautiful in parentheses. I'll put a spell on you by Aqualung. Do you remember Aqualung? I feel like they had the, another hit. The name is very familiar. I, I don't think I ever heard Aqualung, but I remember knowing of that band. Yeah. They were just kind of like a generic indie rock band i feel like but it was a good tune it was like a good kind of set in the mood tune it's a Um, sexy tune yeah (laughs) so uh marissa kind of kind of like puts a pumps the brakes a little and says like you know i gotta get home it's a school night which you know oh right like i keep forgetting like you're in high school you kids are you're just kids. Um, well, another thing I was thinking while this was going on, and then they they do address it, but for a minute I was like, "Oh yeah, she lives next door," mm-hmm. and I was gonna ask, like, "Can you imagine like the girl you dated in high school living next door when you're just like so horny, 
And you have, like, a detached pool house. Like, she doesn't even have to, like, sneak through, like, sneak by the parents' bedroom or anything. She just, like, hops in the backyard and just walks right up up. there. Yeah, dude. That would have been crazy. But she doesn't. She lives with Jimmy and uh, he doesn't live next door. Yeah, in his little townhouse, wherever that may be. Um so yeah, she's like, I gotta get home. And Ryan kind of like steals her shoes and he's like, You're not going anywhere without your <laughs> shoes. Just being cute. And then um they plan their first official date for this coming Saturday night. And um and then they start making out again, and who should <laughs> come in but Mama Kirsten. Oh boy. She kind of like bursts in. Does she knock? She she knocks and opens the door knock immediately. And open. Yeah, which like is a thing dis- parents it disregards do. the knock completely. Yeah. What's the like- point of the knock <laughs> at that point? Like even if he was naked, that's not enough time to even remotely like find a towel and cover yourself. <laughs> right. It's a thing parents do, and I I really want to put an end to it. If you're gonna knock. Wait hey, for a response before you burst in. You know, yeah, it's a knock. If you're being a really cool parent, it's a knock, and then a "Can I come in?" Mm-hmm. And then give- when you're when it's cool, the "Yes, you can come in" is given. Then you may enter. Respect boundaries. Otherwise, you're gonna see some dry humping, and yeah, you're gonna see some shit, and uh, some shoe foreplay, and whatever else is going on <laughs> in that pool house. Yeah, so so Kirsten bursts in and she's like, um, you know, Sandy's gonna be like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. She's like <laughs> like mortified by what she just walked in on. She's in shock. But she doesn't like like my instinct would be like I'd open the door and I'd see him making out with Marissa and I'd be like, Oh my god, sorry, and like like never mind and like close the door behind me and just like wait outside or yeah, something. Like if you if you like accidentally like w- open the door to like the bathroom or something and somebody's yeah. in there you're like whoop you don't just sorry. you don't go in close the door and while you're in there go i am so sorry oh that my I gosh did this. <laughs> i'm so sorry this is my <laughs> and she just stands there um <laughs> but right so marissa's like oh it's cool i need to do that i'm just leaving and she kind of like shuffles past kirsten and ryan kind of like sits up in the bed and he sits in a way where like his knees are up I'm like, this is totally like a hiding a boner sort of way to sit on a bed. (laughs) Boner is in like one pant leg. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that's like, if that's direction given by Fresco. Like, I wonder if he was just like, all right, don't just like, you know, like stand up now because like chances are your character would have a boner at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to want to sit in a way that kind of hides the boner from Kirsten. It's and, the kind uh, of, that's the kind of attention to detail that Fresco is bringing. That's why always, they keep bringing him back, always man. Always conscious of the boner. Yeah, that's why they brought him back for nine more eps. Because they were like, <laughs> Fresco gets it. Um. So, yeah, Marissa bails and um, Ryan's sitting in his awkward way. And Kirsten's just kind of like, sorry, that um, that's actually, that's never happened with Seth. <laughs> It's like go to go to opening credits. Go to opening Fucking, credits. I I put on I put in my notes that I have long I've said multiple times that like Kirsten isn't funny. Like her character doesn't bring humor 
very often. But I think that like the last like two or three episodes, she's had really funny moments. She's and so I zingers. almost have to like rescind that comment because that was fucking great. That was yeah. a funny line. It was. It was really good. And it's also like a lot of the humor like in the family from Sandy and Kirsten comes specifically from them making fun of Seth. Right. <laughs> Which is like, Our son's a, a virgin nerd. It's kind of harsh, but it's also like it's it's like there's you know, there's love there. There's love behind it all. But they're just like, he is the way he is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because she doesn't say, like, it's never happened with Seth because he's this fucking reclusive piece of shit, not yeah. good at anything, hates it, hates this town. Right. Just- <laughs> they're just like, he's just like, yeah, he just uh, doesn't have a lot of luck with the ladies. Yet. Well, these days. <laughs> he's about to have his hands full. Uh, so we come back from opening credits. We're in the Cohen's kitchen. Now we get our breakfast scene it's the next morning we're with sandy and kirsten and kirsten's telling sandy about how she walked in on ryan and marissa and sandy's like i knew it ryan and marissa didn't i tell you (laughs) and it's like it's like yeah sandy we all knew ryan and marissa like you're speaking for literally everybody in america right now um but uh kirsten's like wants sandy to have the talk with ryan and I like how Sandy's just kind of like, I think Ryan's got sex figured out. Like, they're just like, this dude fucks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, no, no, like having set like the boundaries that we're going to set him living in the house, like having girls over stuff like that. He's like, oh, yeah, that. OK. Uh, I, although I would love that scene of uh, Sandy Cohen talking to Ryan, his adopted son of like two and a half months <laughs> right his adopted what's, what's he like 16 years old or 17 yeah. years old or something at this point and he's like we need to talk about sex and ryan's like okay what do you want to know <laughs> <laughs> what questions do you have for me yeah <laughs> um actually sandy responds to kirsten saying like sex in the house by saying like you mean how there isn't any just kind of like taking it to a this is about me and you now sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, now we're talking about you guys. Um, so apparently they're both working very late on this case. You know, Sandy's firm is suing Kirsten's company for purchasing and trying to develop on this like protected land, the Balboa Heights, which is an adjacent to the Balboa wetlands. It's a whole thing, but home of the blue heron, the swamp rose. Yeah, we all know. We all know <laughs> the swamp rose. How can we forget the swamp rose? Uh, and so, yeah, they're both working very late every night, and they haven't had a chance to like be intimate with each other. And um, you know, uh, there's there's a little bit of tension there just because of like the nature of the case and everything. Plus, you got Rachel, who is Sandy's co-worker who's like an attractive female that he's spending all these late nights with and kirsten's like a little suspicious of that so it's just like this kind of a loaded situation this their whole arc in this episode was the exact same as the last episode where it's like the first scene with the two of them is like they're kind of jabbing at each other Mm -hmm. but it feels like they're they're like let's just you know, let's not let this affect our, our, you know, personal relationship. Right. Um, 
let's still, you know, be affectionate towards each other and everything. And like kind of, yeah, like making little jokes about Rachel and, and about the Balboa Heights, you know, and the wetlands and everything. And then in the middle, it, it gets rocky and they fight. And then at the end of last episode, it was like Solomon Burke is playing and they're <laughs> at the hot tub and everything's cool. And you're like, all right, they resolved it. And then this episode, there's this scene and you're like, okay, cool. They're working through this. They're, this is great. They're like the perfect couple. <gasps> <gasps> oh, okay. Well, then, that answers that question. And it's kind of, then it's kind of Caleb's fault. And we'll get to that scene where, uh, that, that court, that, uh, conference, oh, the conference room yeah scene and so then they fight again and then at the end of this episode then they're like good again yeah like, it's I'm not, like is this just how it's gonna be for the next couple episodes with them it seems like it but i mean it seems like it can't really go much further than this episode at least with like sandy and rachel for reasons we'll get to but also I feel like Caleb's going to be preoccupied after this episode for reasons we'll get to. So, um, so Kirsten and Sandy kind of make a plan that they're going to like do it tonight at 10 o'clock. Cause they both were like working super late and Sandy's like, I'll be like, like I'll be home by 10. Kirsten's like, you better be. Cause if you're, if you're later than 10, it's not happening. That door's no, closing. She says, if you're not home by 10, I'm going to start without you. Oh my God, you're right. She did say that. Which then I had to sit like Ryan on the bed <laughs> to, to sheath my boner because holy shit, what a fucking hot thing to say on on a Fox drama. <laughs> I know. That is a that is risque. My goodness. Um, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> she doesn't need you. <laughs> She's loving herself. Um, so I I jotted down like, thank God they don't have like pets or small children because like they're both working like way late into the night. It's like they it's like yeah like thank God they're the the boys in the house are like self sufficient like they can take right. care of themselves. They're 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 young men. Um, and then I wondered like because Kirsten's always been working. And it sounded like Sandy working at the public defender's office worked a lot as well. Like, did Seth have a nanny? Do you think they have a like a maid, like a housekeeper? Who, they do. We see her this who, episode. Yeah, who we saw in like the first episode, and I think the second episode. Right. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we see her very briefly in this one. Yep. No, no speaking lines, but a really funny moment yes. for her <laughs> like she gets a laugh um so yeah they start making out kirsten and sandy start making out in the kitchen because of kirsten's last line i guess got got sandy all hot and bothered and then ryan walks in a little payback how's it feel ryan walks in on kirsten. yeah and uh <laughs> they kind of like stop making out and then sandy says to ryan we're all very proud. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like such a funny thing to say to a teenager. This who got like this, walked in from on. here from here to the end of the scene is so funny with just like the the like with him saying that and with like Seth coming in and they're all right. just kind of like 
it's really good it's really oh, yeah. well done it's good banter um yeah so seth enters rides like sorry about last night Seth's like what happened last night and everybody's just straight up ignoring seth he goes, seth like, goes what happened last night who did you hurt <laughs> <laughs> assuming that ryan can't have any interaction with somebody without punching them yeah which to be fair is par for the course for ryan yeah, up until uh, this point, we've seen him punch more than kiss, so... That's that's very true. Um, and then uh, everybody kind of, like, kind of, like, disperses to, like, go and start their days or whatever, and they just kind of leave Seth hanging in the kitchen. And he's just like, oh, I get it. I'm just here for the comic relief, which is, like, a very meta thing. So meta. That seems like an ad lib probably from Adam Brody, because he's, like, very self-aware. That he's like, oh, I'm the funny one. I'm the I'm the jokey one. Well, um, I think it's it's something that like shows a lot of shows will like attempt to do and it's kind of hit or miss of like it's usually like, you know, the person that makes pop culture references and mm-hmm. stuff. Like another one where it works well is I think of like Abed and Community or like somebody yeah. like that who's always like referencing stuff and Seth is always referencing comics and anime and and you know different stuff like indie bands a lot of pop culture stuff and for him to go i'm just here for the comic relief which is exactly what he was there for for that scene yeah and so clearly he's like okay if this was a tv show right in this scene that just happened that's what i was here for and he's right he's absolutely (laughs) right and that's how you that's how you write that character that's how you write that like meta character it's like it has to be somebody who's like really lives through pop culture and so like they immerse themselves in that when they're in the real world and so it's like hard to make the distinction between like is this real life is this a fantasy caught in a landslide escape to reality to reality um but it's good yeah i think that we we did we sang a lot in the last episode too and i started to wonder when is it when does it become a a problem and we have to get rights to songs but oh. i don't think any enough people listen to this for that to be an issue so yeah and i don't think we're like on key enough for it to be an issue <laughs> <laughs> like what is that strange interpretation they're doing um so then we cut to harbor school <laughs> harbor school uh we're outside it's Ryan and Seth it's it's that morning at school and Seth is asking Ryan kind of like he's asking him like how far he's gone with Marissa. He so but what I noticed real fast when this scene starts he goes so what did my mom catch you doing? Right. Which makes me think and I know it's for the sake of the show but in my mind this is real and this is a documentary Mm -hmm. and it's they rode to school together. What did they talk about on the ride to school <laughs> were they just silent <laughs> maybe they were just like maybe a new death cab album came out <laughs> and seth was just like all right ryan i'm just gonna need you to be quiet on the ride to school so that i can listen i remember doing that when well, i didn't do that for like a death cab album but like i think when radiohead's hail to the thief came out like like i remember like got getting the cd and i was like in the car with some people and somebody was saying like was like talking about like because some songs had leaked 
from that album and they were talking about songs that were on the album and i was i literally like told them to like shut up because i didn't you want any the spoilers you were like get out yeah i was like no spoilers for this radiohead <laughs> album <laughs> But I, I mean, I, I feel like we did that a lot. We'd just like drive around and listen to music, not necessarily like talk a bunch, but, and I know that's not like in character for Seth, the guy's always talking, but right. I feel like uh, that's something you do in high school, especially when you oh, don't yeah. have like, um, well, I guess he has an iPod, but you know, you might not always have music like at the ready and the car was like a sacred place to kind of like listen to music loud and stuff like that. So. I I wish I liked music as much as I did in high school. Now I still love music, but when I think about how important music was in high school, I'm just like, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever get to that point again. Just like pulling up somewhere and you're like halfway through a song you really like, and you just sit there because you want to finish the song. Yeah. That's how much you love it. Yeah. That's great. Um, But yeah, this, this was kind of like, um, like one of those jump cuts where it's like, they they end a conversation in the kitchen and then they pick it up when they're at the next location, like ignoring the car ride from point A to point B. Yeah, very much so. Um, so Ryan reassures Seth that um, he and Marissa have not had sex. They haven't even had a first date yet, you know, because he's a classy guy and he's going to take her on a first date at least before they have sex. And Seth's like, but you've done it before. And Ryan does his typical kind of like not talking, head nodding, like just kind of like, well, yeah. Gives like, him the look. Like, give him the oh, look yeah. like, yeah, dude, I've done it before. And Seth was like, <laughs> Seth's like, was it awesome? And Ryan's like, well, which time? And he's like, I, there, uh, there was more than one time? Like, how many times were there? And he's like, same girl or different girls? And he's like, how many girls? And then Ryan does this thing where he like kind of like starts counting in his head. He's like, oh my God, it's so good. And Seth's like, I need to sit down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was just, it was so like, it's played so perfectly comically. And like, and Ben McKenzie like does a great job as Ryan in this scene too. Where he's just kind of like super nonchalant about it. He's like, uh, same girl or different girls? it implies that ryan as a as a 16 or 17 year old has already lost track of how many times he's had sex oh yeah yeah i mean dude's a stud <laughs> such as that i was the seth in high school where it's like if i found out that a friend had sex i was like someone i know has had sex like someone <sighs> That I've like hung out with that isn't a grown up. It's like Seth's like, man, Ryan, I knew you were cool, <laughs> but I didn't know you were that cool. Like, lost count of how many time, how many sex partners I've had. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> that is wild. Uh, so then we cut over to Summer and Marissa, and um, Summer is asking basically the same thing to Marissa that Seth was asking Ryan's like if y'all had sex yet and um you know because everybody wants to know and is this a Schwartz did we Schwartz over since they're talking about um, the I, same it, thing are we gonna count it as that it's related it's not exactly like finishing a sentence or like you know what I mean it's not like repeating like a, a phrase or a like sentence semi Schwartz it's a semi Schwartz um and Marissa 
reassures Summer they have not had sex. They're taking it slow. She mentions that they do have a date on Saturday. And Summer kind of sarcastically says, like, oh, that'll be romantic. And Marissa's like, what? What are you talking about? And then Summer's like, sorry, but Ryan doesn't really strike me as, like, the romantic type. Uh, she says, they don't even have a P.F. Chang's in Chino. <laughs> which is, like, like a really... Know, Ryan has had sex multiple times with multiple women. Yes. Yes, that's all Seth is interested in. Summer's more interested <laughs> in, like, what's the date going to be like? Like, how romantic is he? Um, Did you ever eat at a P.F. Chang's? I feel like maybe once with uh, Ashley when we were dating, like, her parents lived, you know, in the suburbs. And I feel like we went out to dinner with, like, her mom or something because she was, like, really into, like, the fried rice or something at PF Chang. She was like, it's the best the fried authentic, rice. Authentic Asian, Asian cuisine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, I think that's like the only time I've been to one, which I was just kind of like, it's, this is fine. What a, like, it's like a, like a cheesecake factory with an Asian yeah. flavor, you know? I don't know. It's, it's how I, I, I've only eaten there once too. And yeah, it's kind of, it's how I feel about all those restaurants is like, they're a really fun punchline. But yes. I'll eat at him if I have to. <laughs> if I have to. I mean, I'm, I wasn't like complaining or anything. I was like, yeah. this is okay. There's actually like, since we've been in quarantine, we've been exploring different like, you know, frozen meals and stuff just because we're we're eating at home all the time. And mm-hmm. P.F. Chang's actually makes this like frozen meal in a bag. Uh, this like drunken noodles, they're called. And they're Ooh. so good. <laughs> like <laughs> you just cook them on the stovetop. It takes like six minutes. You know, you just dump them out on there and cook everything. And man, it like it's a really good meal. I ain't oh, gonna yeah. lie. Um, but yeah, PF thought, Chang's sponsor our show. Yeah, hit us up, J Mitchell's the OC podcast at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a really funny line by Summer. <laughs> they don't even have a PF Chang's. Like that's the ideal spot. It's like if you don't have a PF Chang's to go to, are you even going on a date? Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, what the fuck? Um, so then we go back to Ryan and Seth, and they're they're discussing when Ryan lost his virginity, and Summer and Marissa kind of like barge in before we get to hear that story, which I'm pretty curious about. <laughs> but like, yeah, we when we jump back to them, Seth is like, Seth goes, "When you lost your virginity, I was playing Magic: The Gathering." Right. Yes. Because Seth loves Magic the Gathering. It comes up a few times in this episode, I feel like. Yeah. And it came up in the last episode. But never before that. It's just like all of a sudden Seth was into Magic the Gathering. I feel like Seth saying, when you lost your virginity, I was really into Magic the Gathering, doesn't really tell us much about the age at which Ryan lost his virginity. Because <laughs> Seth, from what I can tell, has been playing Magic the Gathering like this whole time. Right. And Ryan says, you still play Magic the Gathering. And he goes, yeah, but that's not the point. And then that's when the (laughs) girls walk up. I know. So that'll remain a mystery, I guess. Uh, Because some Marissa Marissa walk up and they're like, what are you talking about? And Seth was like, Ryan was just telling me about your big uh, date on Saturday. It's going to be the best date ever. (laughs) Then Ryan Ryan cuts to Ryan. He gives this kind of like reaction. Just kind of like, oh shit, like, yeah, that's a lot of pressure to put on me, a guy who, you know, 
like I'm a, I'm just a simple man. I don't really yeah. know how to like wine and dine. Uh, I was just thinking we would like eat some cereal out of the box and make out in the pool house for like, like that was four hours. <laughs> yeah, that was all I had planned. <laughs> so um, then we cut over to Partridge Savage and Con. P.S. Can I just really fast? Um, yeah. Best date ever. Best blank ever. Yeah. I feel like that still comes up now. I don't like it anymore. I don't like when people say best. It's like, past. Best day ever. Yeah. It had its it had its moment where it was like kind of a cute thing to say. And there was like the VHS or VH1. <laughs> VH1 on VHS because that's how fucking old it is. Uh, this VH1 show called Best Week Ever. Which um, I really liked. <laughs> it's a great show. It, it like turned me on to a lot of really funny stand-ups and personalities, but... You're right. Um, best blank ever. I feel like was probably hitting its stride around the time this episode was made. Oh, so that's for sure. They, I'm, they I'm sure I made script. best blank ever comments all the time in 2003. Like I was still right. on board with it. But I was like, I hear it now, and it almost it's it's similar to like a uh, Yolo like got got milk, where like when companies have like got blank and whatever the yeah. fuck they're advertising or selling. Right. It's like, why are we still saying it? Yeah. I'm done. I'm done you know, with it. You know who blazed that trail was a comic book guy on The Simpsons. Except he was worst blank ever. Remember oh. that? Like worst episode ever. So yep. he's who we have to thank for best or worst. Best slash worst <laughs> blank ever. Um, ever. Just ever. ending ending it with ever. Yep. Just putting that finality on it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, move over to Partridge, Savage and Con, the law firm that Sandy works at. We're with Sandy and Rachel. Um, Rachel reveals that the land that Caleb wants to develop on is technically part of the wetlands, the heights that are adjacent to the wetlands. Sandy is like, that's great. We will get to that tomorrow. (laughs) And Rachel's like, why? Where are you going? You got a hot date or something? Sandy's like, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And Rachel, I really wish when Rachel was talking about the wetlands and, and the heights and everything, I would have loved a map. I would have loved some kind yeah. of thing she could like on the at. wall or yeah. something. They have it. I mean, they're if they're busting their asses, you would expect there to be like whiteboards or, you know, like, yeah, like big graph paper on the on the wall with like yarn attached to uh, thumbtacks and stuff like that. It's like... <laughs> conspiracy board (laughs) because when they get to the actual like meeting with caleb like they say like three things and then the meeting's over and i'm just like what have you guys been working on this whole time well caleb does say that yeah and caleb calls him out he brings up a good point yeah (laughs) it doesn't seem like they've had much planned for this meeting that they've been working on for however many days yeah i know and they're like just now discovering anyway whatever so Rachel's like, you you got a hot date? And Sandy's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And Rachel's like, uh, are you cheating on me with your wife? And I'm like, dude, Rachel says so many like wildly inappropriate things in this episode. She's, yes. It's like, and she's trying to be like, like funny and cute or whatever with it. But it's just like in the workplace, like shit like that is like really inappropriate to say. Yeah. And, and well, and it, her, her advances, uh, culminate they 
they they, they come to a, a peak in this episode. So yeah. it was almost like, I guess, in terms of progressing up until that scene that we'll get to, it would be weird if she didn't because in the last episode she was saying a bunch of inappropriate mm-hmm. shit. So if like she yeah. didn't, and then the, that scene happened, it would it would be more of a surprise. Whereas at this point we're just like, okay, she's still. She still wants Sandy's dick real bad. It's, it feels that way, but she like phrases it in a way that's just like, you know, like I'm your work wife and, you know, like we we just work together, but yeah. Yeah, she she drops these little lines that that feel very uh yeah, they're kind of icky. So Sandy's like, "Yeah, I'm try uh, yeah, I'm trying." I'm trying to cheat on you with my wife because he does say I'm trying. She, yeah, she's my wife, <laughs> and you are not. Um, but Rachel convinces him to stay because of how important the case is. And it's like, come on, Rachel, we see right through you. You know this could have waited till the morning. All you're going to say to them is three sentences at the conference anyway. Like, so yeah. So Sandy stays behind. He's going to miss the. Like Kirsten's gonna start without him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she's gonna finish without him too. <laughs> I, if, he, if he's not home in time, um. So then we cut over to the Newport group, and Kirsten walks into Caleb's office, and um, Caleb is in his office with Julie. Julie's like sitting in a chair in front of his desk. Caleb's doing that like that like sleazy like sitting on the corner of the desk like right <laughs> right in front of the chair thing so that like cuz the desk is higher than the chair so it's like his his pelvis is almost like eye level with Julie it's like a cr- gross power move thing that you see did it look like i didn't even notice this or not but when they cut to them cuz i know it cuts like kind of when Kirsten walks in, it cuts to kind of like what she's seeing. Yeah. Did it look like, I mean, I, Julie's head was, you know, pelvis <laughs> positioned level. in a weird way. It just looks like a very like familiar way to like engage with somebody in a professional setting. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. you know, again, inappropriate. But uh, we do, we find out that they've been hooking up so at this point that is true and but we, at this point we do not know that at this point we're just like they they dropped a hint i think in the last episode or something and julie's been kind of like working on caleb trying to be like you know like oh caleb oh, you're so generous i don't know what i'd do mm-hmm. without you sort of thing and she did that at the at his birthday party yes the, at um, the birthday party friend right episode four or five I don't remember. But yeah, she uh, Julie's been planting the seed for a while. Um so uh yeah, Julie um kind of like mentions that Caleb's going to donate his yacht as a venue for a children's hospital benefit that Julie is hosting because the previous yacht fell through. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? It's good to have have a backup yacht. Yeah. Just in case. It's also weird to just be like, no, this children's hospital benefit has to be on a yacht. It's like, why don't you just do it at the clubhouse like you always do? It's got to be on a yacht. So uh, this is news to Kirsten. Julie. I was glad that there was going to be a benefit because we've gone a few episodes without having a benefit and I missed them. I do too. 
And I'm glad that they actually said the charity and just instead of just being like, it's a charity casino night. What charity? Who cares? Have fun. <laughs> there's remind me there's a um, in an upcoming scene. My favorite line. Uh, we'll get to it. I, I wrote it down. I won't forget it. Cool. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> so uh, Julie, thanks, Caleb. And like gives him one of those like hug and a kiss on the cheek things. But it's like. You know, Julie, the the subtlety of Melinda Clark's acting is like really shines through in these little moments where it's like a kiss that hangs on the cheek just a little longer than if it were just like a friendly peck. Might have stuck a finger in his butthole or something. Yeah, or her tongue in his ear. We don't know. She's (laughs) she's sly. Um, God, can you imagine how evil their sex is? They're like the two most evil characters on the show. (laughs) They're just like laughing maniacally the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) um so kirsten kind of like it cuts the reaction shot of kirsten and she kind of is like putting the pieces together like i see what you're doing julie like you and jimmy aren't working out so you're moving in on my rich dad and he's gonna like be your new sugar daddy whatever so kirsten's like um uh Dad, we can have that working dinner after all. And Caleb's like, oh, your date night with Sandy fell through? And Kirsten's like, "Uh, well, he's got to work late. And Caleb's like, with Rachel? Kirsten's like, yeah. And Caleb's like, you said she's attractive. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm sure Kirsten's like, it seems like Kirsten's like um, confiding in her father a lot about like, these thoughts that she's having these like concerns that she's having about Kirsten or I'm sorry uh, Sandy you know working so many late nights with Rachel because she's met Rachel and she's yeah she's beautiful lady um Mm. but you see what Cal's doing here he's like kind of like he's kind of like pulling pulling her strings a little bit like trying to wind her up a little bit about it you know the way a father any healthy father-daughter relationship goes. Oh, yeah. Completely supportive and <laughs> healthy. Well, it, it is kind of a bummer because we talked about, um, like, uh, Kirsten and Jimmy, like, when she was helping him, like, paint and everything in his apartment. And it was basically, like, we, we figured out, like, she doesn't really have many friends. Yeah. So if she's not hanging out with Jimmy or Sandy... She's going to she like got? tell her dad a bunch of shit, which is like, not, if anybody <laughs> find knows, out isn't great. Yeah. If anybody knows how much your dad sucks, it's her. <laughs> he yet, says, he says, they say the only man a woman should trust is her father. Right. Who, who says that? Who's they? <laughs> <laughs> Creepy dads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of like. It's it's an interesting scene because, or this is like an interesting moment because I can kind of see him being like a little protective of Kirsten. Like, yes, it is possessive because it's like, like you should only trust me sort of thing. But at the same time, it's like you could read it as him being concerned for his daughter because like, you know, like her husband might be cheating on her with this attractive coworker. So it's like, you could kind of read, like they kind of play it both ways. They don't play it like totally menacing from Caleb's perspective, Mm -hmm. but they also don't play it. Like he's completely like emotionally vulnerable and like open and supportive of her. So it's kind of like this weird in between. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I guess us knowing what we like, cause we see all the scenes with Rachel and Sandy and Caleb hates Sandy. So of course, anything he hears, he's going to be like, well, clearly he's cheating on you with, with that yeah. How attractive can I, coworker. Right. How can I make Sandy look like the bad guy in this situation? But just like viewing it from purely their perspective, like a father daughter kind of like angle. It's like, you could read that as him just like, trying to protect his girl, his little girls, but I don't know. Interesting. Sounds like you're on team Caleb and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just trying to see everything from all angles here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to like, cause I know this show does such a good job, uh, dimensionalizing characters. So I want, I always want to believe that Caleb isn't all bad. Like he is definitely like him and Julie are probably the closest things you get to a villain, like just pure villainy in this show. Right. Uh, but I feel like they even and, and Julie, especially in this episode, has some like nice moments, even though at the end she's a shithead. But like she does have some scenes where she's I'm just like, wow, I'm impressed, Julie. Like there's around. well, there's a moment where she's like. For like a couple scenes, she's she's great. You think she's making this turnaround, and then there's a moment where it's like the the switch in her head flips back to evil. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, like holy the, shit. Yeah. It's like she was like a wind up doll, and like yeah. it was like good, 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 and then it just like stops. It just like and her like her like eyes get darker and like right. Yeah, her lipstick gets redder or something. Like she just like just takes on this like different persona where she's just like I'm bad guy again. Yeah. Um. So then we cut over to Harbor School, back at Harbor, and we're on the patio eating lunch with Ryan, Seth, and Anna. And this beautiful balcony cafeteria. It's gorgeous. It looks like a bistro in like the, the Italian like mountains <laughs> or something. <laughs> it looks like a ski resort in France, like during yeah. the summertime. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like all the furniture is like handmade. It's like gorgeous so um ryan's kind of kind of like upset with seth for promising marissa the best date ever uh seth because he's like i don't know what i'm doing like i'm just trying to, i was just gonna like take her like dinner a movie or something like and now i got it now i have to produce the best date ever and seth says uh hey summer's marissa's best friend and her three favorite things are shopping tanning and waxing so you know like Maybe you could go with that or something, which is like, how do you know that waxing is one of Summer's favorite activities? I personally never been waxed, um, but I can't imagine that's someone's favorite thing. That's my favorite or top thing. three favorite things. Like, yeah. even if it's something that you do, it doesn't seem like something you'd look forward to unless, I don't know, I I can't speak for everyone because I'm sure there are. Or some people, I guess, that like, but it it seems painful. It, it, it's it ripping does. of skin of hair out of your skin. Yeah, a lot of it at once, very quickly. And uh, yeah. yeah, I always think I about, saw forty year old virgin. That's I know exactly. Yeah, the scene I was thinking <laughs> of. And I was like, it's like bleeding, and it's all irritated and red. I'm like, this can't be fun for anybody. <laughs> Summer loves it. Maybe she just told Seth that. <laughs> I don't know. So. 
Um, Anna's like, and here I thought she was superficial. So she's obviously like taking digs at Summer. She doesn't like Summer because Seth's into Summer and she's into Seth, as we established in the last she episode. Starts, she starts pushing back a little bit in, in this and in, in the next. Yeah. As far as just straight up being like, I don't want to talk about her all the time. Yeah, it's interesting for somebody as who values like confidence and like honesty and saying like how you how you feel about somebody and being like very forward and stuff like that. Anna like is really like not speaking up about her feelings towards Seth, even though it's like clear as day how she feels about him. It's like well, interesting. That's, that's most people is like yeah. it's way easier to give advice than to like take your own advice sometimes where it's right. like I can I could see you know if a friend is like dating someone that's like wrong for them it's like it's like how come they can't see that how can they don't know and then like but it's like yeah but I've also been the one who's dated the wrong person for a long time when yeah it's like a do as I say not as I do sort of thing yeah. with Anna yeah so Ryan reveals that he has never, in fact, been on a date. <laughs> he's, quote unquote, hung out with girls, but he's never like dated, dated them. And I'm like, damn, Ryan. Damn, you appeal. Just get, get in. Is this the scene where he says, like, usually I'm climbing out of the window or back up to the front seat or something? Like, he said something where you it's like, that? this dude is fucking in cars and sneaking out of houses. Oh, what a wild this boy. Is nuts, man. What is Chino <laughs> like? This place is crazy. It's a bunch of teenagers having sex, apparently. <laughs> so, Ryan leaves. Uh, I, I love it in in like school scenes where you you can just like get rid of a character by having to be like, oh, I gotta go to class or like I gotta, I gotta go get study. to class. Yeah, like <laughs> usually it's like if three people are talking about something kind of serious, it's hard to get one of them to leave so the other two can talk. But like he's just like, oh, yep, gotta go, gotta go get crammed for that exam or whatever. <laughs> like so, yeah. Ryan leaves, uh, and Seth and Anna are. At the table still. Or no, they they get up and they're throwing their lunch away and they're walking out together. And um, Seth asks Anna what she thinks Summer's three favorite movies are. <laughs> he can't stop talking about Summer. And Anna responds with the most like film school 101 movies I could possibly think of. She mm-hmm. says, Battleship Potemkin, The Seventh Seal, and Shoah, definitely. Do you know, I know you know Battleship Potemkin because we took uh wait we took film classes together yeah you're you're giving me way too much credit for you don't remember that anything one? from film classes oh, okay. i don't remember i didn't know any of the movies that that she said and i was like oh my god i'm i'm a summer i don't this 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 would be a joke that i don't get you know i, I assume they were all though, very right? like highbrow film student kind of movies but yeah they're like black and white old um seminal yeah like kind of uh, very like political and artistic. Like uh, Showa is like a it's like a f- fucking like five hundred six hundred minute long documentary about the Holocaust. <laughs> like it is like one of the most like grueling. I mean, it's it's a beautiful film and it's it's all like real like people who were like involved with the Holocaust, talking survivors, perpetrators. Uh, like it's it's like very comprehensive, but it's just like 
probably one of the hardest movies to like get through because it's like brutal anyway but yeah they're just very like um you know they're they're what like somebody in like film school would say are their three favorite movies i guess yeah um so so they're they're walking and talking and they kind of like stop right in front of a staircase which always pisses me off because of like (laughs) this is a very narrow staircase anybody who is trying to get up those stairs has to, or down has to like walk around you awkwardly now. Like, come on guys. I hate it when that happens. Um, so, and it's like, can we <laughs> just stop talking about summer for like five seconds? And Seth's like, but we're friends and we share our thoughts and feelings to each other. And Anna's like, to, to Anna's yeah. credit, why, what prompted Seth to ask her what she thought summer's, three favorite movies were aside from he just talked nothing. about her three favorite things yeah i guess that's it's, a, it was just such a weird like non sequitur of a of a way to be like yeah hey what do you think if summer goes on vacation where do you think her three favorite places to go on vacation are <laughs> yeah top three uh desert island books uh what do you think <laughs> for summer not yours anna summers what do yeah. you think what do you think are? summer's favorites are yeah, it's very uh it's so it's so like aggravating the way Seth is like obsessed with Summer and the way he's behaving around Anna who like it's like his his lack of social awareness, the fact that like she couldn't be less interested. And I mean, she gives him an earful here now, so she's just kind of like, "Can we just not talk about Summer?" and he's just like, but I thought we were friends and we talked to each other about our thoughts and feelings or whatever. And she's like, and now you're hearing some of mine. And then she kind of like storms off and she like looks back at him over her shoulder and gives him this like mean glare. And it cuts back to Seth for like a second before it cuts to the next scene. And it gives me the impression that he might be putting it together. Like he might be (laughs) figuring it out that like, Oh, maybe Anna doesn't want to talk about Summer all the time. I wonder what maybe Anna like feels differently towards me than she told me. Like you like he it it seems it's like a a slight revelatory mm-hmm. like expression that he gives. But then the camera cuts away, so we don't it's not like a big epiphany moment for him or anything, but that's that's what we call a fresco. Fresco. So you just give, just a give little, you a little, just a little snip, just a taste. Yeah, good old Fresco. So then we cut over to Jimmy's apartment. Marissa enters to discover Julie sitting on the couch of Jimmy's apartment, and Jimmy's there, of course. And Marissa's like immediately pissed off at Julie. Like she's she hasn't talked to her mom in a while uh, since the since the little like intervention kind of thing that when the, Ryan went toe to toe with her. Yes, at the Cohen's house. Yes. Where she what was the last thing she said? She's like you haven't seen the last this of me or yeah, something. This isn't this the is, end of this or This something. isn't over or something like some this real This isn't over. Yeah, some real <laughs> like James Bond villain shit. I'm going to fuck I'm going to go fuck Caleb Nichols. Yeah, I'll show then you. You'll see. You'll all see. I'm going to piss everybody off. <laughs> um so Julie wants all of the Coopers, like Marissa, Caitlin, Jimmy, to be at this charity event that she's throwing on Caleb's yacht. 
Oh, this this is my so my favorite line I think in the whole no not my favorite I'm I'm backtracking now but okay. I thought this was such a great line she goes um, she's talking about the charity event and she's like I'm hosting the um, the charity benefit for the children's hospital they're building a new wing for the children <laughs> I thought the whole fucking hospital is for the children it's called the children's <laughs> hospital. <laughs> You got a point there. <laughs> so wait, I know the whole hospital is the children's hospital, but that new wing you're building, will that also be for the children? No, no, no. That's for senior citizens. It's oh, a children's. So okay. it's for children's hospital, but this particular wing will only be for the elderly. <laughs> okay, Julie. No, that's that is it really just, funny. It seems like uh, something that somebody should have caught either in the writer's room or you know the fresco giveth and the fresco taketh away (laughs) he has his moments but they're not all bangers unfortunately (laughs) oh that's a good one though um so julie's julie's sitting there like making her plea to marissa essentially she's like why don't you come to this thing i know we've had setbacks particularly your father's business and then like jimmy's like behind her the whole time like he's like slightly out of focus but he's literally like right behind julie the whole time she's talking to marissa and so he's like trying to be like let's we don't like each other but let's be a you know present as like a united front here and i'll try to help get marissa to come to your stupid children's hospital benefit for the new wing of the children's hospital that'll be for the children and then she fucking knocks him she like insults him and his failing business yeah something tells me that's like kind of the nature of their relationship though like jimmy is a total pushover for julie and julie just Mm -hmm. walks all over him so but i did like how so you're getting like tate donovan who plays jimmy you're getting his like reactions in real time while julie's talking like all like shit about him so when she says the line you know, like, uh, we've had some setbacks, particularly your father's business. Like, she's talking about Jimmy sitting right behind her, and he just kind of, like, rolls his eyes. <laughs> it's, like, a really good... <laughs> just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I screwed that one up pretty good. <laughs> he, has some, he has some goofy reactions I enjoyed. Oh, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> as she's like, you know, we want to do this to show everyone in the community that the Coopers are back. And Marissa's just like, why do you care what people think? And she doesn't, like, even have a chance to answer because Jimmy, like, jumps in and starts, like, talking about, you know, like, all the stuff you just said where he's just like, you know, like, we gotta, like, do this. It's, like, it's, like, a good move for us or whatever. So, like, I really want to know, like, yeah, like, why does Julie care so much? But, you know, obviously that's all she cares about is, like, how she's perceived by other people in this community because that's why she's well, so, it was, so shallow. Uh, Kirsten said it earlier to Caleb. She was like, you, you're sponsoring the Julie Cooper comeback tour. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. And that's exactly what Julie's trying to make happen. Like, look at our perfect family. Um, and Marissa's just like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> like, Fuck you, mom. And uh, Jimmy, you know, pleads to Marissa to hear Julie out. And then Julie actually gives like a pretty good apology. She's like... She's like, I, there's what I like, I was wrong. And, you know, she was talking about how she like feels or how she was feeling at the time when like they had that blow up at the Cohen's house. 
and um she didn't really say like like or, or what she was going to do to change moving forward but okay whatever it's julie cooper we'll take what we can get and then she kind of ends the apology by being like but i need your help will you help me and she like extends her hand out to marissa such an awkward like hand holding out it was so fucking weird it's so weird i guess it's the equivalent of like a business handshake like do we have a deal but it's just like will you help me daughter and she just like palm facing up like slowly extends her hand out it was to like a little like a little popper in a in in like uh oliver twist like a charles dickens yeah, yeah. like please sir could i have a shilling can I please have my daughter's forgiveness, sir? <laughs> and then Marissa awkwardly puts her hand on top of it. Yeah, she's just <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how we do this? <laughs> so Marissa's in, I guess, because like Julie did... Make a pretty good apology, I will admit. Um, and yeah. so this is where I'm just kind of like, oh shit, like maybe Julie is kind of like turning a new leaf and like maybe that intervention worked. Maybe maybe Ryan got through to her. I don't know. Yeah, she gives a she gives a really good apology to Marissa and she gives a really good apology to Ryan in a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's it's looking this good. It's a turnaround for her. We'll see. <laughs> so then we cut over to the pool house and it is um i guess later that night ryan is uh sitting in bed studying and he hears a knock at the door and ryan goes oh knocking and that's what they call a callback in comedy ryan <laughs> we got we got some that's a callback baby market <laughs> market so Oh, oh, guess we're knocking now, and uh, <laughs> and then he allows it's open. You know, he says like, "Come on in," and uh, Marissa enters, and because Marissa knocks, because <laughs> Marissa knows her manners. She also doesn't want to. You could well. She probably like if anybody wanted to walk in on her eye naked, it would be Marissa. She should be the only person not knocking on the pool house. But also, Marissa kind of learned from. Uh, Again, going back to the girlfriend episode where she doesn't knock. That's and true. And she walks in. Oh, yeah. And making out with Gabrielle. So she might have a little PTSD. She's like, every time she walks up to the pool, she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock just in case. <laughs> just in case. I know he's my boyfriend. Even though now, but... We'll never see that character again. And we won't. Like, Caleb's <laughs> with a different person at the yacht party later. Like, a completely yep. different, like, blonde girl, like, younger blonde female. But it's not her. It's not Gabrielle. So, and that wasn't even that long ago. Anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, so Marissa enters and she goes, I know we had a date on Saturday, this big miraculous date. But now I need you to come to my mom's charity thing on a yacht. <laughs> and Ryan's like, but your mother hates me. And Marissa's like, she doesn't. But come on, she does. Let's, she does. <laughs> she really does. She says she just doesn't know you, and she says if this works out, my parents might get back together, and my life can get back to normal. Like my dad will get a new job, and I can move back in next door. Like everything will be great again for me. And um, yeah, she does say that I can I can be right next door, and I can come over whenever. Okay, <laughs> Ryan's like all right. Bow, bow. 
Dum, bam, bam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Ryan's still trying to like kind of squirm out of it. He's like, but I had this whole thing planned on Saturday. I loved this. I love that he was like, oh man. The- oh, shoot. All right. I guess we can push it back. I guess I'll have to cancel our reservations at the five star restaurant that I had <laughs> the to PF book. Chang's. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Marissa says, you know, it's times like like anybody can do like like chocolates and wine or whatever. And she says, it's times like these that a girl really needs her boyfriend the most. And Ryan's like, Ryan pushes her off the bed. He's like, whoa. Don't you dare call me that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. He's like kind of like real freaked out about the word boyfriend. Big time. His eyes get really wide. He's like, I've never been called a boyfriend before. (laughs) But then Marissa's like, Marissa's like, but you've had girlfriends. So I guess like Ryan's like told her that he's been with other girls. And she's just like, so you've had girlfriends before. And Ryan's just like, so Saturday night, can't wait. <laughs> Ryan has never been in an official boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. He's never been on an official date, but he's been smashing it multiple times. Right, and instead of telling Marissa that, he's just going to leave it at like, oh, uh, yeah, forget that I said <laughs> that I've never been a boyfriend before because all the girls I had sex with were definitely like long-term girlfriends that I was seriously committed to because I'm good dude and (laughs) so broke up it was an amicable amicable breakup every time every time Uh, and we're still on good terms and um saturday night your mom i would love to go i would love to go saturday night to your mom's charity thing so on a yacht cool (laughs) cool love boats whatever actually he doesn't because he does say in the next he does scene with Julie. <laughs> but then, like, doesn't he like plan to be like a fisherman like way later, like in season two or something? I'm like, hate boats, huh? You're gonna go out to sea for four weeks? Whatever. All right, get way ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> he would hate every minute of it, but he would do it. He would do it. He's best fisherman out there. Um. So then we go. We cut to the next morning. We're in the Cohen's kitchen. Seth's there. And we're the camera's on Seth, and he's talking. We don't know who he's talking to, but we're assuming it's Ryan because he's talking about summer. He's like, "Sure, I talk about summer, but that's not the point." And then you know, like we cut to the reverse shot of whom he's talking to, and this is where we get the reveal of the the housekeeper. Who like do we know her name? Like, has she ever been Rosa? Rosa, okay. So Rosa's standing there, and she's just kind of like deadpan, like looking at Seth. And then she like doesn't say a word, and she just like turns and walks, like walks out of the room. Oh, it's good. And then Ryan enters, which makes me think. Before Ryan got there, I bet Seth went to Rosa a lot with his yeah to just talk. Who else? Because he didn't really have any friends. Yeah, you can only say so much to mom and dad, and Rosa. If we're assuming correctly, Rosa like raised him. I like if Kirsten's working all the time and Sandy's you know working at the public defender's office when he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to look after this kid. Rosa's there. Rosa's so, yeah, got him. I'd like to think that he's always been confiding in her, and she's always just kind of been like rolling her eyes at him and just being like, <laughs> "Are you done talking? Because I got shit to do." <laughs> 
Yeah, she's never wanted to listen to him. She's and never even like, like said anything to him. She's just like a sounding board for him. <laughs> um, so Ryan enters, goes straight for that dry cereal. No milk, baby. He's diving in. Handfuls. Yeah. So I did notice it it looked like a made up cereal because I think mm. they didn't want to Greek it, which yeah. we learned. Yes. No more Greek episode. and Cap and Crunch. So we're going for the generic off brand. <laughs> so um Seth's talking to Ryan. He says, you know, like Anna says all I talk about is summer. And Ryan's just kinda like, Yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh so like I feel like at this point it's like, okay, we get it. Like Seth, like you need to be aware that you do this because multiple people have told you at this point. So just like cool it. Yeah. On the all I talk about is is summer. But he won't, of course. He's harping on it. So then we cut over to the Cohen's backyard. Um, Sandy and Kirsten are back there. This is still in the morning. Uh I like that Kirsten's like lounging by the pool, like in this like recliner beach lounger thing chair and she's like in her full like power suit like going to the office you know (laughs) and she's like it's it's not a it's not a combo you see very often with like the lounging in a pants suit yeah but it's a good look i'm a fan i'm a fan of it (laughs) it look cool uh so she yeah she's there she's like having her morning coffee or whatever and then uh sandy enters and he like apologizes for canceling their their sex date the previous night and Kirsten's kind of like well what time did you get in and Sandy was like you know like just before 2 a.m and uh Kirsten's like was Rachel's boyfriend as understanding as I am and Sandy's like Rachel doesn't have a boyfriend but he says it like more matter of fact he's just like Rachel doesn't have a boyfriend and uh Kirsten's just like uh you know some people who hate their lives make work their lives and Sandy's like yeah but that's not me I'm a, I love my life. I love my wife. And he's like, you know, if this conference goes well today, I could be home by six o'clock. And then Kirsten's like, is that a bribe counselor? And then they start making it out. And it's cute. Like, it's like, yeah, they're struggling in the sense that they just don't have time. They can't find time for each other. But it is reassuring that they still like love each other and they're still like, lighthearted and playful with each other and stuff making out in a in a reclining chair by the pool both wearing suits yeah i think they make out more than like ryan and marissa in this episode it's crazy uh perfect couple perfect couple so so they're making out and then ryan enters you know again like walks in on them making out now yeah twice twice this has happened two mornings in a row (laughs) yeah it really is so he just walks in and kind of like kind of like cringes or whatever and then like quickly like exits <laughs> he he's he uh he's like walking to the pool house and sandy goes hey <laughs> <laughs> like gives him a real friendly morning hello <laughs> what's hey! up ryan just making out with my wife <laughs> and then kirsten's like talking to sandy she's like did you have the talk the you know the sex talk with ryan yet and Sandy's like, I like to lead by example. And he goes back in and they start making out again. Like, don't give up on me, baby. Get it, Sandy. Get it, Kirsten. Uh, so then we cut over to Harbor. We're in the hallways uh, with Seth and Ryan. And Ryan tells Seth about the yacht charity thing. Um, Seth is like, you and Julie Cooper trapped on a boat together? Oh, yeah, that's going to go really well. Um 
Ryan's also uh, says that he and Marissa are now officially boyfriend, girlfriend. How about it? It's a big, big deal. deal. Big deal. Big old deal. Yeah. Pretty, it's gonna, that shit's going to spread because Seth can't keep his mouth shut. But nobody listens to Seth, so it might not spread. So um, It's also not a secret, though. It's You're right. It's not. It's not really like, yeah, they're not trying to keep it from anybody. They're just like, yeah, we're official. Um, so then Ryan's like, uh, you know, at, at least you'll be there at the yacht thing to like back me up. Right. And so it's like, I'm not going. Who am I going to bring? I, I can't bring Summer, which I'm like, why can't he bring Summer? Because Summer's not into him. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems like he well, also, I guess maybe he's trying to not think about Summer or talk about her all the time. So maybe per- he's just trying to like a little distance from her. Yeah, like kind of per Anna's strategy for, mm-hmm. you know, like winning Summer over by like pretending like you're not interested in her, I guess. Yeah. Still doing that, I guess. So Ryan's like, well, you could bring Anna. And Seth's like, oh, yeah, I could bring a friend as my date. Uh, sure. Ryan goes, uh, he goes, why don't you bring her and like points. And for a second, I was like. Just some random girl, and then it, <laughs> he just like it grabs a girl by her backpack, and she he's like, "Hey, go with my friend to this yacht thing." And she's like, "Okay, don't hurt me." <laughs> sure thing, Mister Atwood. <laughs> Whatever you say. No, because he does go. Why not her? And then it cuts to a scene of uh, it cuts to a shot of Anna at her locker wearing a giant Newsies cap. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's like this really big... And it's kind of on sideways. Very fashionable. <laughs> she have like a sweater vest on too. Yeah. She looks, of- I mean, she, she looks very, very fashionable, but it is very... I guess because we weren't allowed to like wear hats at school. I know. And I guess in Harbor, it doesn't matter because you see a lot of hats going on. Because their parents are paying like $50,000 a semester. So they're like, sure, you can wear hats, yeah. whatever. <laughs> She's like, this hat is... Louis Vuitton. I'm wearing it. Yeah. It's made out of Louis Vuitton's skin. <laughs> uh but yeah, she she has she does look good. But it's very different from the fashion that you see from like Marissa or Summer or like any of the other girls at the school. Like she sticks out her fashion sense. It's cool. But it's more on the alternative side of things. It's very very loud, very alt. Very old. Um, so Ryan splits and then Seth approaches Anna and Seth is like, I'm never going to mention Summer again, except for that. Just saying her name just now. <laughs> he says, how do you feel about Newport charity events? And Anna's like, I hate them. And Seth's like, me too. So let's go together and quietly mock everybody there. And this makes Anna happy. And I was like, yes, this is this is me and my boy in our elements. I'm, I'm into I thought Anna's like face acting was really good in this particular scene because then, you know, like Seth says, if anything happens between me and Summer, I won't tell you. Like, I'm not going to bring her up again. I promise on our friendship that I won't say that. So he says the word friendship. So it's the F word. Mm. And then like Anna kind of like has this like, painful like slightly like painful look on her face just like like her heart breaks a little bit whenever he says that like oh like i thought we were going on a date but then she like kind of like turns it around and is just like trying to make the best of it so but she's like yeah i'll go like we'll go it's fine like we'll go 
I, I love her so much. Yeah, she was She's she so was really good. good in this episode. Like her and uh, her interaction with like Caleb, I thought was great. Uh, she has she has some good moments in this. So then we cut over to the Newport group. We're in the conference room now. Uh, this is the big like the big like fucking like meeting battle between the Newport group and Sandy and Rachel. Is this? Is this a conference room at the Newport group? Because I was blown away by how nice oh, yeah. this conference I, room was. It looked like a cathedral. Like, yes. Because the shot <laughs> All glass. Like, pans up. Like It's on like the conference room table. And then it just like keeps panning up. Yeah. And I expected to see like some kind of elaborate like, you <laughs> like know, a like a creation of Adam a on fresco. the ceiling or something. A fresco. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's like his uh like you know alfred hitchcock always had like a little cameo in all of his movies yeah. it's like what's his name michael fresco whatever he like he always has like a fresco painting in all of his everything he directs he like sneaks it into the background somewhere but you're right i assume i assume this was the newport groups conference room because it is so like over the top fancy and that's Caleb Nickel. He's like very opulent. I mean, the man owns a fucking yacht. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's and, also uh, very echoey. Like all of the dialogue. I this know. Kind of like it's like bouncing they, around. Yeah. It's a nightmare for the sound guy. Like you could see him trying to like work the boom in a way. It's just like, no, there's no way to like record audio in this room without it bouncing. Because all the walls are like solid glass. There's like nothing to absorb sound in this room. It's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a cathedral. It's like just reverberates all over the place. So yeah, that's what I put as the art shot, that opening shot where the camera's actually like, I think it's it's jibbing down and it's tilting up. So you kind of get this like cool movement where it's like yeah. we start on the table and then the camera's camera's uh, jib, like jibs like kind of like a crane thing you put a camera on. And mm-hmm. then while it's doing that, it's tilting up to kind of frame everybody in the bottom of the frame while you get like a big view of the whole room. It's a cool shot. It just like kept going. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It, just... it goes it goes a little longer than you think it would. I was just like, okay, and it's going to stop. And then they like, just keep going. It almost seemed like all the characters should have like looked at the camera and been like, we go now? Yeah. Wait? Do we need to Why sit up go? higher so Wait. that we can be in frame? <laughs> <laughs> so um, Rachel starts and... You know, she and Sandy are at one side of the table, and she says, Kirsten, "I'm Rachel. <laughs> I'm Rachel." <laughs> uh, Kirsten and Caleb and their like attorney are on the other side of the table. Uh, so Rachel's like, "The land adjacent to the wetlands are actually considered the wetlands." So it's only a matter of time before. Uh, the state claims eminent domain, which I don't really know anything about, but I assume that's where the state of California. Again, yeah, would have been nice to have a map. A map would help tremendously in this case. And maybe a little explanation of what eminent domain means. But again, this is this show's about teenagers. This is like the B plot. <laughs> They're lucky we're we're paying attention at all at this point. Um so Caleb says, like, you know, cut to the chase. Like, how much are you offering me for the heights? And then Sandy just like really aggressively slides like a notebook with a number on it over to Caleb. It's just like like bumps into him. And uh, Caleb kind of like, and we see the we see the notepad, and it's just uh, Bart Simpson flicking him <laughs> off. <laughs> That's what you're offering me, not even Homer. 
um yeah caleb's basically just like la- scoffs at the uh the offer that because they're trying to settle out of court they're trying to be like you know here's the amount of money we will offer you for the land that you purchased um and if you sell now like we can avoid the whole court room situation like you can get out of this relatively unscathed you just gotta like be cool with us buying it off you for this number and he's just like fuck that nope not interested and uh and so then he starts kind of like digging in to like sandy he trying Which, to like what would caleb him. i feel like regardless cable would caleb would have been like no because that's like almost like submitting you know even yeah. if he's getting paid a bunch of money like at this point oh, yeah. it feels like he's not gonna he's like i mean he's like trump he's like no yeah, i'm never. i'm not going back like i can't no you know no agreement i'm yes. gonna win Yes, I'm going to do it on my terms. Yeah, he's very much like stubborn, old piece of shit. So Caleb's like, you know, is that it? So, okay. Uh, what, what what have you guys been doing all those late nights, Sandy and Rachel? And Sandy uh, hasn't said a word yet. He just slid the notepad over, which yes. I thought was weird. But also, I guess they didn't both need to be talking like Rachel was kind of handling. Yeah. Yeah. And and Sandy was kind of saving it up for this like little, like one, two punch he gives Caleb. He's like, he's like, you know, I dealt with a lot of shady characters, but I've never seen someone stoop so low as to poison his own daughter's marriage to turn a profit. Fuck him. Boom. Got him. And then Caleb's like, fucking Bart Simpson, double birds, double birds. And then Caleb tries, he's like, to, give me that notepad back, and yeah. he draws it. Back <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna draw another fucking, yeah, I'm gonna draw Millhouse giving you the finger too. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Caleb's like, you've been living off my profits for years. And Sandy's like, he's like, if you think I'm bought and paid for, you're wrong. Don't let my silence here mislead you. When I get you on the stand, I'm taking you down. Of taking like, you down. It was a bad ass fucking Sandy Cohen moment where he's just like, he's just like, yeah, I know I haven't said a word this whole meeting. And frankly, I don't need to because I'm going to get you on that stand. And I'm going to tear that ass up mm. in front of the judge and the jury and the execution. <laughs> uh, so then Sandy just like bails. He's just like, fuck this. Fuck you, dude. Peace. He's like, gets out. And then, yeah, he's uh, pissed. He's, he's like, pissed. I'm done. Yeah, Caleb's being a dick. And then Caleb goes over to Kirsten. And he's like, I think I hit a nerve. And the whole time, Kirsten's just like, just like mortified. She's just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe my dad did that. I can't believe my husband reacted that way. And she's just like, How did like, she think this meeting was going to go? <laughs> it's like, doesn't she know her dad at this point? I think she knew it was going to be bad. It's like one of those situations you're like walking into it, you're just like, I know this is going to suck. <laughs> this is like this is gonna be a bad conversation but gotta do it and uh she did it but yeah yep. she she like doesn't say a word the whole scene and she's just kind of like oh she's just kind of like beaten down by the end of it she's just poor kirsten she's all caught in the middle of this so then we go over to marissa's bedroom this is the bedroom in julie's house the one next yes. door to the cohen's so the big house and we're with Marissa and Ryan and Marissa's so not only is Marissa like talking to her mom again yeah she's back at her old house I guess not like living there but like that's where all her clothes trying on (laughs) yeah and she's like my mom got me this dress like she's already just like 
as soon as she put her hand in Julie's hand, yeah, it was just like all is forgiven. I mm-hmm. love my mom. It's like, have you? Do you not remember her from every other episode? Like you're you're really jumping in to this whole forgiveness thing, which I get it. But <laughs> that's kind of what Marissa does, though. She's like got a big yeah. heart, and she always gives people the benefit of the doubt. She's never really done it for her mom, <laughs> but you know, she's she's like she's doing that. She's like mm-hmm. trying, you know. And so, um, yeah, she's trying. She's picking out a, a dress to wear to the event, and I, I feel like Ryan is behaving exactly as any other boyfriend would <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> Where you're just kind of like, you're just kind of like, yeah, it looks great. Like you're bored, but you're still trying to like be nice and engaged. <laughs> you're just, it's like, it's just like, uh-huh, that dress is great. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, I think he makes a joke, but I, I don't remember it. it. Basically, it was like, she was like, I forgot I had this dress. And he was like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All with all my dresses. Yeah. I've got so many clothes. He's like, just kidding. I got two pairs of pants and three shirts. <laughs> I got a tank top and, and a two pairs of college pants. shirt and then a tuxedo that I wear to events like like the one we're about to go to. So uh, Julie enters Marissa's room and she is surprised to see Ryan there, but she's nice to him. She's not like mean to him because it's new Julie. And she remembers his name. She remembers his name, which is great. Because she did, she had a hard time with that in the past. Uh, <laughs> she hints that she wants to make, she wants Marissa to like move back in with her because she's like, it's so nice to see you in your room, and like, I wish we could like, you know, we could be like it was before and stuff like that. But Marissa isn't really budging on this, and Julie's like, cool with it. She's just kind of like, no, no pressure, you know, like that's okay. Uh, you can keep living with your dad, and um, Julie asks Marissa to like go tell caitlin that we're about to leave and like make sure caitlin's ready so marissa exits and so it's just julie and ryan in the room and like julie does julie does go to marissa she was like oh my god i remember i love this dress i remember when we got it do you remember we we went we got this dress and then we went and got lunch in beverly hills beverly hills yes (laughs) it was like so much how good was that lunch that it's like that's the memory Ah, yes, you know. I don't remember the name of the restaurant or what we ate or what we talked about, but we were in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I believe it was called like Puff Chang's. <laughs> yes, very exotic. Uh, so, Julie, so like it's just Julie and Ryan in the room. And the Do you whole, think yeah. P.F. Chang's and P.F. Flyers have anything in common? Remember the shoes from the Sandlot? You the, think like, it's the Chuck same? Taylor yeah. Looking you, shoes. You think it's the same P.F.? It's the only time I can ever recall a PF being a thing. You know who it is? Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> he's, resp- he's independently wealthy from both PF Flyers and PF Changs. That's the PF. He's just doing podcasts just for, the, good, yeah. for the love. It's like, how do you think he can afford all those beautiful suits he wears? <laughs> this all makes sense now. Yeah. So, um... I thought Julie was going to like reveal her like evil, you know, like take the take the mask off and reveal her witchy side to Ryan right now because like Marissa's out of the room and she's going to be mm-hmm. like, if you dare try to like come between me and my daughter. I thought she was going to do that, 
But she doesn't. She apologizes to Ryan. And she hopes that this event at the yacht will uh, let them have a fresh start, you know. and Very sincere, very yeah. like, genuine apology. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, every, every, with every scene, I'm like, Julie Cooper's turning it around, man. Like, I don't believe do you, it. Do you remember Ryan's response to her really sincere apology? Yeah. He just, like, he's sitting there, like, kind of mouth breathing. It's just like. I don't really like boats. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he. That's when he drops that. And I was. I was Ryan just, needs. To, Ryan needs to be on the land. He doesn't like boats. He doesn't like heights. Yeah. He needs to have his feet on the ground mm-hmm. at sea level, preferably. <laughs> yes, that's where. That's where he's in his element. Um. Yeah, I thought Ryan could have handled that a little bit better because <laughs> you're getting like you're face to face with like your nemesis and she is offering you an olive branch and you're just kind of like staring at her open mouth <laughs> you're just like i don't really like boats <laughs> come on dude <laughs> he i well i wonder if it's I don't think it was the correct response. It did seem very like mouth breathy, sort of like it, it. Like it almost seems like you should have said it with like a southern accent or something. Like it came off kind of dumb. Yeah. But I think he was like just kind of like surprised <laughs> that, and almost just like should I trust her kind of thing? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because Marissa's already been like, my mom is has made a turnaround. She's a good person. Right. And I wonder if Ryan's a little more hesitant to just hundred percent be like, yeah. cool. I trust you. He's usually like, like with Oliver later, he's the one who's just like, I don't know about that kid. And everybody's just like, he's great. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But, uh, except for Luke. That's right. Good old Luke. And I can't believe I'm saying that at this point, but trust me guys, Luke comes around. Luke's turning around. Luke's getting the MVP one of these episodes. Oh, it's definitely. probably it's probably going to be during one of those episodes, the Oliver. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's when he really stretch, shines. Because that's when he really shines through. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, then Julie's kind of just, she's like, please, like, it's a genuine, like, will you please, like, like, give me a ch- second chance. Like, let's try to make this work. And Ryan's just like, okay. <laughs> Again, but not giving her I much. Don't like boats, <laughs> but I will repeat: I do not like boats. <laughs> I don't care if they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and then they hug. Yeah, but I really wish she had done the awkward hand thing to him yes. too. Like that's her thing. <laughs> will you please forgive me? Take my hand. Uh, so yeah, she goes in for a hug. Hugs Ryan. Her back is to the door. Marissa enters and sees Julie hugging Ryan and Ryan sees Marissa see them hugging. And like Marissa's like stoked because she's just like, holy shit, everything's working out. I, I don't believe it. Like I never thought my mom would ever like forgive Ryan or like Ryan. To be honest, I was kind of dating him just to spite my mother. And now I'm not so sure if I even like him. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. She really likes him. Um, and then Julie's like, so she, Marissa's stoked. Julie's like, let's go. And um, 
and Ryan seems like kind of happy too. He just kind of like smiles at Marissa, just kind of like, hey, everything like looks like it's working out. What do you know? So then we go to Harbor School. We're outside with Anna and Seth, and they enter the scene talking about the lit, how the lit mag won't publish, you know, what is it called? The, the plank? The plank. The plank. Uh, how the lit mag, the plank, won't publish Seth's limericks. <laughs> Which again, this is like Sandy surfing or the family shopping at the grocery store. I want to see these limericks. What is Seth writing? They're probably about summer. Oh yeah, they probably are. Um, (laughs) Anna's like that's censorship. (laughs) You know, like I'll stage a protest. Uh, They're just being cute together. Like I I, I like I'm liking Anna and Seth. The more I see them together. They're they're great. They because it they they're their back and forths are so like natural feeling and yeah. like very because they just, understand each yeah. other and yeah, there's not a lot of friction there. So and then the, there once was a girl named Summer. <laughs> she liked waxing, tanning, and riding in Hummers. <laughs> she kissed me once at my grandfather's dance (laughs) (laughs) dance but then didn't like me it was a bummer (laughs) um that was that was it we figured it out um so so then the girl that we've all been that seth's been talking about incessantly but we haven't seen yet really this episode except for that one scene with like marissa summer enters and she reveals that she has detention because she went to a Paul Frank sale instead of learning about the Ming Dynasty, so I guess she like ditched school to go shopping. <laughs> Paul Frank, PF, PF Chains, <gasps> PF Flyers. Oh my god! It's all there. They should have called this episode the PF. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Had some Peter Peter Frampton songs playing. Ooh. I would love that that mouth guitar thing. you <laughs> feel um, <laughs> so that Anna <laughs> Anna's like subtly jabbing Summer this whole time because she's smart, so she knows how to like make fun of somebody without like starting a fight or whatever. And, and Summer even so, says like so much so that Summer and I thought that this was almost like the perfect comeback. Mm-hmm. For Summer to go, are you even making fun of me? Because I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm not offended by that because I don't understand it. So fuck you. <laughs> that didn't hurt my feelings because I didn't get it. Yeah. If you were trying to insult me, you failed. Nice try. <laughs> um, so Summer wants Seth to catch her up in history class. And Seth says he can't until Sunday because he's going to the charity thing. And then Summer's like, oh, you're going to the charity thing? And Seth's like, yeah, we both are, me and Anna. And Summer's like, well, I'm going too with that guy. (laughs) She's just like, (laughs) hey, Chip. And she just runs over to a random guy walking by, takes his hand, and then they just walk off together. And I'm like, who is that? Have we seen him before? Has he been established? That's Chip, and That's Chip. Uh, we'll see him a little bit at the yacht party. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you know right now, big fan of Chip. I was gonna say he's my favorite <laughs> character in the show. <laughs> Chip is awesome. As far as like 
tertiary characters in the OC goes, it's probably like Chip, and then a close Marlin. second is Marlin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Chip is fantastic, and we'll we'll <laughs> hear more from him in a bit. Um. So Summer, yeah, like when she goes over to Chip, she kind of like bumps into Anna, you know, pushes her way past her. So they're obviously there's there's feud, there's heat, there there's there's passion between these two, a passionate. Hatred. I I thought it was really funny that like it's so obvious that she's like, I'm going to with scanning uh, around first guy I see that guy right Chip. She knows him. It's a. I'm guessing it's a small school. Yeah, he's in her class. They, they know each other. Yeah, and so and it's so very obvious that she that was such a like she just decided that in that moment. And Seth immediately goes, "She's going with him." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like like he's the bully or something. Yeah. It's just like no, it's just a random guy. Like who cares? And and it kind of like shoots Seth a look when he says that. And so it's just like, that's cool. No worries. Uh, so then we cut over to the Cohen's house. It's like right after dinner, uh, Ryan and Kirsten are like cleaning up and uh, Sandy enters and he's coming in hot. Sandy Cohen's yep. coming in hot. This is like the first time you've seen Kirsten after that conference earlier. And he's just like, what the hell was that? Like, if you got a problem with me and Rachel, you talk to me. Don't go run into your daddy. And Kirsten's like, you're never here. Who, who? How can I talk to you if you're never here? Like, I confide stuff in my father. And Sandy's like, well, why don't you go talk to Jimmy? Boom. Bringing that, mm. bringing that old laundry back up. Uh, still doesn't know that her and Jimmy kissed, right? That still hasn't come yeah, up yet. Right? Kirsten never told him that. And so, but Kirsten gets like really defensive when he, when he says that. And she's just like very like cold and just like so nice talking to you and she just like bails so yeah then then sandy drops one of his uh one of his catchphrases to ryan which is don't ever get married don't ever get married (laughs) can we call that a callback i feel like he said that before he's definitely said it before let's call it and that's what they call a callback in comedy ryan mark it mark it Let's call it a comeback. A callback. <laughs> so uh so then Sandy's like shifts over to Ryan. He's like so Sandy yeah. Sandy does the don't ever get married. And that like cadence that he says that, uh he says it again later in this scene. Oh yeah. And there's something about the way Peter Gallagher delivers that cadence. It's yeah. it's fucking chef's kiss. It's musical. Like, it's yeah. So great. Yeah, it's melodic. Uh so Sandy's like, how are things going with you and your relationship? And Ryan's just like, <laughs> Ryan's like, it's hard. And he's just like, 17 years later, doesn't get any easier. Sandy, 10 seconds ago, was in a heated argument with his wife. Yep. And then he just, just like turns it, then looks at Ryan and just immediately is like, gotta be a dad now. Gotta be a sweet and dad. Just goes for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just gotta do a little parenting right now. <laughs> So he says 17 years later, it doesn't get any easier. So did he and Kirsten get pregnant with Seth like year one of their relationship? Because isn't Seth like 16, 17 at this point? Yeah. Like, did they get pregnant um, like right I away? I assume they were pretty young. 
Because they met I when mean, they, they were, were like they were fucking all the time in, in that, that mail truck, truck. <laughs> in Berkeley. Yeah, so I assume they met when they were like twenty years old, maybe, and got pregnant immediately, mm-hmm. and managed to. Sandy managed to finish law school, which takes a little time, but they I guess they had Caleb's money, so they had some help. They they lived in Berkeley for a while before Kirsten's mom got sick, then they moved to Newport. This this timeline might not line up though, because what when we talked about um I wanna say last episode when we talked about how at their this is season two, but their like anniversary party where Sandy like sings. Yeah. Uh, that Solomon Burke song. I feel like that's like a milestone anniversary, like their 20 year anniversary or something. Oh, so, interesting. Let's make a note of this, but I think that this is, <laughs> this is the first time in these first 10 episodes that they've made a mistake. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Call them out. <laughs> no, I, but I, I don't know. I I don't think that that's exactly right, but I could be wrong. He does say 17 years later, assuming that he is referring to like when you start a relationship, which is where you are right now, Ryan, regardless of how old you are, you're Mm -hmm. starting a relationship. Kirsten and I have been together 17 or, or 18 years, maybe if he's granting him one year i don't know but yes you're right like if that is their 20th anniversary next year in season two then that doesn't line up but we'll investigate it folks don't worry yeah so that's that's why you're all listening to this podcast for us to really want to pick in and do the math the details yeah (laughs) um so ryan's like you know well it's her mom you know julie cooper that's like kind of like giving me pause or whatever and then sandy's like in-laws eh, if you figure it out let me know <laughs> hey he goes well figure it out and this is again where he does the cadence there's a pause and he goes let me know let me know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an all shuck like sort of thing classic yeah. like bah, bah, bah. <laughs> so then he yeah you play it on a tuba he gives like Ryan like a nice like fatherly like pat on the shoulder and uh, and exits, and then we cut over to the Cohens' house exterior. Ryan's taking out the trash because they just had dinner. He spots a car pulling into the Cooper's driveway, Julie's house. Caleb Nickel gets out of the car. Julie Cooper opens the front door. They kiss. Not like a cheek kiss, like a make out, we're about to go inside and have sex sort of kiss. like their serpent tongues (laughs) are intertwined. Their bifurcated tongues are, yeah, (laughs) intermingling. Um, So as like Caleb goes inside and then Julie spots Ryan looking at her and Ryan sees Julie looking at him. <laughs> and so and he, and he hides. Yeah, he like he's backs like, oh, away. <laughs> it's this is what I'm talking about when the the switch uh flips oh, yeah. for Julie because that look that she shoots at Ryan is fucking because she I mean, after she gets done kissing Caleb, she looks happy. Yeah. You know, and then she sees that Ryan saw that, and then it's just immediately the eyebrows go oh, yeah. downward, angry angle, and 
It's just, yeah. She, she like, turns shoots it on. lightning bolts at him. She can turn that on just like Sandy can turn on being a good dad. Like yep. after he's like in a fight with his wife. And then he's just like, flip that switch. Come on over. Let's have a talk. But yeah, she's she gives him a mean look. <laughs> and then she goes inside. We go to commercial. So then we open up. I, yeah. I feel like this was a when we were watching this for the first time, this was a moment where whoever was in the room, we all went, <gasps> oh, yeah, because it is like fucking Caleb Nichols and uh, Julie are, are a thing now. I mean, they kind of dropped some hints on it. But yeah, like not knowing that watching it for the first time, it is shocking because you're just kind of like, what the fuck is you? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, it's good, man. It's good drama. So, and he also he he Caleb to the driver because he Caleb has a driver. Of course he does. He goes and he says driver as if, (laughs) and this is before there was like Uber, right? So that's his driver. Yep. He has not learned his name unless his name is driver, but I doubt it is. He just goes driver and like gives him a like get out of here. Yeah. And the driver leaves, insinuating that Caleb's staying the night. Oh yeah. I think he he might even say something like, pick me up in the morning or something. You know, like, <laughs> I'm going to fuck her. Yeah. I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> uh, so then we cut over, we come back from commercial and we're, we're in the pool house. It's the next day. Marissa enters in her, the same dress that, you know, she picked out earlier that she got in Beverly Hills, I guess. Uh, Ryan, Ryan emerges in a suit, um, like very nice, very sharp, like tuxedo. And I thought it was really cute the way that Ryan, because the way his room is set up is like his his bed is on like the ground and then there's like kind of a two step up to his like bathroom. Yeah. And when Marissa walks in, he's like walking out of the bathroom and he like runs across his bed. Oh, yeah. To like greet her. <laughs> it's really cute the way he does it. He's oh, like, great. He kind of looks like a little kid in a suit because it's not like a super like form fitting right yeah he doesn't have the jacket on yet it's just like the kind of like puffy shirt yeah that was cute so you know marissa marissa is like so hopeful she's like repeating like the same thing she said earlier which is just like oh if everything goes well tonight then like my family will be back together and everything will be great and everything will be normal again my wish will come true yeah all that has to happen is everything go perfectly at this uh (laughs) yacht charity thing and i'm just like Okay, you know something's going to happen, right? <laughs> like, Ryan even says, I think it's in an earlier scene and we missed it, where he's like, usually when I go to these things, somebody gets into a fight. Yep. <laughs> and this one will be no exception. Um, I, noticed, I noted that uh, Marissa says, I'm really happy and like hearing Misha Barton say that, it felt like it felt like they were like surgically removing those words from her mouth. Like she felt so forced. Why was there a pause there? It's it's like she couldn't. She's like, "What is the word for how I feel? <laughs> is this happiness?" Because she's been such like a emotional sort of like she's i mean she's gone through a lot at this point and like very few things have gone well for her but she's also not like predispositioned to be a happy person like seeing her being playful is like the exception to the norm (laughs) rather than 
You know, like, it's not her default state. Right. But she's also not an alien. Like, it sounds like she's <laughs> trying to trick him. Like, I'm really... What is that word that you earthlings are always saying yeah. when you're filled with joy? There's a that Pharrell song from the Minions movie that I really enjoy. Uh, it's like you clap happy. your hands if you know that you feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the word. All right, well, let's go to the uh, yacht and we will um, consume snacks. H- human yes, foods. Yes, very good. And okay. beverages. And beverages that we'll drink with our mouths. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying all of these words. Oh, I'm just so nervous. <laughs> Take me, lover. um so yeah ryan's being a little dodgy obviously because he knows about julie and caleb but he hasn't said anything to marissa and he's just kind of like just just once and i know this is not how this show works yeah uh people hold stuff from each other all the times yep but when marissa walks in and ryan does the cute run across the bed to get to her i wish he'd taken her in his arms (laughs) given her a big kiss and then said I saw your mom kiss Caleb Nichols. Just get it out. Just right at the beginning. Just right yeah. there at the very beginning. Yeah. That's how you, yeah. That's how you move <laughs> things along. And that's what you should do in a relationship. But it, yeah, it happens even with the people that we think are the most like emotionally mature in this show. They still like, and they usually, there's usually like a motivation for withholding this info and i think for ryan in this case it's like the fact that marissa is so happy and like he doesn't he doesn't want to just like take the wind out of her sails by like dropping this bomb on her right now but you know it's it's ryan atwood he's a pretty straightforward dude he's an honest guy like it's only a matter of time before he has to has to reveal this to marissa Right. But for now, yeah, he's he's totally, totally dodging. And so he's like, come on, we're going to be late. And they leave. Then we go over to the Cohen's front door. Ding dong. It's Anna. Seth answers. They do. They have an exchange here at the front door. I put we're we're going to we're probably going to have to unpack this a little bit. <laughs> they do sort of like an urban patois (laughs) which is supposed to read as like cute i guess but it's like here's here's how i was okay 2003 we're in 2020 now we know we We we've know. we've gotten better, I think, a little bit in certain regards. And I think this is one of them where we would go, let's not do this. Let's yeah. let's not let's, let's not do let's this. Try exchange. an alt take for this one. <laughs> yeah. But what we're talking um, about is Seth, I'll just we'll just go through it. Do, do you yeah. have it written down? Do you know what the, the exchange is? Yeah. Do, do you want to be Seth or Anna? <laughs> um, I'll be Anna. You start. Okay. So first of all, Seth opens the door. Anna looks beautiful. She's yeah. wearing a very nice dress. She's not wearing her newsy cap anymore. Thank God. Um, that and, would have been weird for this event. Just like a very yeah. nice dress and then like a newsy cap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She could have pulled like, it off. She has like a falcon for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? This Just is the hot her. accessory. Like, this is what. 
Natalie Portman did this in Garden State. What? Uh, so yeah, yeah. Seth opens the door. It takes a few seconds, and he's because he's just kind of taken aback. Mm. And then he says, "Yo, what up, Holmes? Chilling. All right. So this is, and this is, this isn't the end of it, folks. Like this is just <laughs> the beginning of this. And yeah, it's like." It's something that you that I feel like if you if you did if you tried to have this exchange now you would have to have a third character come in and just be like what are you guys doing <laughs> like like you just like call him out for but do you remember this kind of being a thing yeah in like two thousand and three yeah I still say yo sometimes yo usually is okay. texting yeah. like yo, yo. Like group text yo yo yo's um, fine. But it was this thing it's, in the early aughts where, and again, this is where I, I feel like I'm trying to justify it and it's, I'm, I'm just from the jump being like, this is wrong. Well, we're just <laughs> trying to understand like, yeah, 2003, like where did this come from and why, why is this like, wh- like who wrote this in the script and thought like, oh, this would be cute if these two characters like adopted this like uh sort of like more like urban vernacular or whatever and but they do it in this very there was like a thing amongst like white people to be like let's awkwardly adopt these phrases and we'll say them in a way that is like isn't it awkward and weird that we're saying these phrases like obviously we are yeah, we are not trying to like, uh, like seriously adopt this like kind of like way of of speaking to each other. Yeah, it's, we're like mocking. Like, they're like mocking um, it. It's, it's like not a like mocking. Seth Green in Can't Hardly Wait, where he's like <laughs> right. genuinely saying these things. There is this like almost like kind of sarcasm or just like, yo, what up? Right. Y'all, my homies. Yeah. There's like, you say it in such a... It's like when, like, a, when a dad does it to embarrass a kid or something. Right. You know what I mean? It's like when Sandy Cohen says, uh, well, salt in your game, son, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah, the, the, yeah, you're right. Just the, the misappropriation of this, uh, of the vernacular is, is really... It's really like troublesome and it doesn't work. It's just like it it doesn't it does work because these two characters in 2003 definitely might have had this exchange. Like Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that in that regard it's it true works. To form. It doesn't work in a 17 years later we're we're dissecting this scene <laughs> <laughs> and it makes us feel weird and like it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's one of the things that hasn't aged well in this show um so then anna says oh she's like walking around the house and she's kind of like okay so but but then so she walks in yeah and for just a second they have a back and forth that like where they're where they jump out of what they just did and seth goes what's that smell and anna walks past him and she like puts her arm in the air and like points down and she goes perfume which (laughs) I liked. I thought that was kind of funny. I like that too. I'm guessing Anna doesn't wear perfume. Often, so, and yeah. And she's just like, 
yep, that's me. I clean perfume. up real nice. Yeah. Uh, and then they jump back into. Yeah, she's uh, it, she's <laughs> like, this is where the magic happens. And then says so like, if by magic you're referring to the card game, then yes. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ron. Callback. Callback. Market. Market. Magic market. Magic market. Gathering. Magic Mark. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, so then she does. A, she, so here we go again. She's like, oh, I see you have a hot tub. Do you ever use it? And Seth goes, hot tubs for the hose. I usually hang in the grotto. <laughs> and I just wrote, guys, stop. <laughs> like, it's You know what it is? It's, it's MTV Cribs references. It is. It's totally MTV. Yeah. Didn't age well. We didn't need to. We we didn't need to. It's like that was yeah. You're right because it was all over MTV, and yeah, Cribs in particular. I feel like that phrase in particular was pulled from like a famous Cribs episode or something. Like the where the magic happens. Well, definitely where the magic happens, but maybe like the hot tubs for the, the grotto host, was I the like usually hang in the, the grotto. Playboy Mansion. The grotto is the Playboy Mansion. You're right. I was like, is a grotto like a thing rich people have? I don't know. But no, you're right. It is the Playboy Mansion reference. Um, Yeah, just, you know, referring to women as hoes. I'm surprised that got through on network TV because, like, I remember hoes, the word hoes getting, like, bleeped out of songs on MTV and, like, on the radio and stuff. It's a dirty word. Mm-mm. Seth Cohen got away with it somehow. They got it through the censors on uh, on Fox. Weird. Yeah, this was I for two of like my favorite characters. This you know, it's like what the fuck? Come on, guys. I think that's the thing when you have characters that are so like pop culturally relevant for the moment. It's like they're gonna you're gonna get the good and the bad <laughs> from that moment. And yeah, 17 years ago, like we've fortunately we've progressed a lot as a society in those 17 yeah. years but yes 17 years ago we weren't where we are now in 2020 and white kids said shit like this and yeah it's like not cool but we got was a the mtv cribs but it was always like the bedroom whenever you go into someone's yeah. bedroom they go this is my room this is where all the magic happens that and is, that was another joke that after a certain point i was like Let's stop doing this. This yeah. isn't funny. You you get that whenever you like you go to a friend's new home or something, and they take you on a tour, and then they drop that when you go to the bedroom. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, I'm like, unless you're talking about Magic: The Gathering, <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm out of here. <laughs> so then Ryan and Marissa enter, and Marissa immediately goes to the bathroom. <laughs> she like barely says hey to Anna. <laughs> but then Anna joins her in the bathroom. So they go to the bathroom together. And then um, Ryan says to Seth, Anna looks nice. And Seth is kind of like dismissive, I guess, of that. Because he's just like, oh, yeah, she, well, she's my friend. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Like Ryan keeps trying to be like, Anna, huh? Huh? Ryan's pushing good. Anna, and yeah. I like it. I, I like it too. I like that he's because he had that conversation with Anna in the last episode at the uh, at the carnival. the carnival. Yeah, he knows that Anna likes Seth, and he's kind of like in her corner because I I couldn't see why Ryan would want Summer to be with Seth because Summer's just like an asshole to Seth. Yeah. Um. So Kirsten enters, and she's like. Come on, let's go. And Ryan's like, well, where's Sandy? 
Kirsten's like, don't ask. And then we cut over to Partridge, Savage, Wait, and Khan. This is another funny Kirsten, I thought. Oh, she yeah. She was like, Are you are you boys ready to go? And and Seth goes, um, the girls are peeing. And and oh, yeah. Kirsten goes, Seth, don't say pee. Yeah, don't say pee. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Don't say pee. What is he supposed to say? Yeah. In the bathroom, I guess, is the... I know. But it's just like, don't, Seth, honey, don't say pee. She says it to him like he's five years old, and he just learned <laughs> how to say pee-pee or whatever. Don't say that. Seth, don't say that. Stop saying that. Girls don't pee-pee. Girls don't pee-pee. Girls go... To, ladies go to the bathroom. Um, so, yeah. Then we cut over to Partridge, Savage, and Khan. We're with Sandy and Rachel, of course. Uh, surprise, surprise, they are working late again on what? We will never know. Still waiting to see that map. <laughs> yeah, they already had the the conference. They already had the, the, the boardroom yeah. scene. I guess they're gearing up for the fucking court date. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, take a night off, man. Like, you just had this conference. You got a little time. Whatever. So yeah. Rachel offers Sandy some Chinese food, but Sandy's like, no thanks. I'm trying to get out of here early. I got to go to the yacht party thing. Rachel um, does this kind of like nonchalant, like stretch, like reaches they're, her hands to the sky. Yeah, they're working so. on a Saturday. So they're wearing their casual yeah. clothes. And Rachel gives a, a big yawn. And and just very very much her shirt uh, comes up and you see like her midriff. Yes, she's wearing like a very short kind of t-shirt. You see her midriff, and Sandy's kind of like trying not to look at it, but he, you know he's like, <laughs> like glancing over at it. He's just like, oh boy. Um, so he's like, all right, whatever. Let's get back to business. Uh, and then Rachel like kind of like seduces him to the floor with like dumplings. She's like, I got dumplings. He's like, I can't resist dumplings. So Sandy goes and sits on the floor with her, eats a dumpling. And I will say that her behavior is consistently inappropriate. <laughs> like, just like the whole time, just the whole time. And um, yeah. I'm kind of like, I, I, I was thinking like, how are we supposed to feel about her? Like, are we supposed to think like she's like being sleazy? Because I'm thinking like if the roles, if the genders were reversed, and Sandy were a female, and Rachel were a man, and Rachel the man was just like constantly like making inappropriate comments and to to like a female coworker, like you're like sexually harassing them at yeah. work, like that's like, but like because she's a female, it's supposed to be like okay. Are we supposed to be like Rachel's cool or like how are we, how are you as an audience member feeling about Rachel? I think we're supposed to feel the same, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah, well, that's that's how I feel. But I'm wondering, like, in 2000, I feel like I'm being tested. No, no, no. Uh, I'm wondering. The same. I'm wondering if in 2003, they, because she is like, she's very pretty and she's like charming, and she never has that. You know how they have that that moment where like, you know, like Sandy goes to the bathroom and Rachel's just like like pushing her like boobs up or something, you know, like try like a, a deliberate sign that she's trying to seduce him. But like everything she says, and I mean, like aside uh, from the, this scene, there's the yawn. And then yeah. the next scene, there's like the deliberate, like sort of reach 
to get and like you see like her ass crack like yeah the next scene goes the next scene everything comes to a head but it, but in this scene by this point it's like she's she's made these like like kind of like weird advances towards him where and granted she's a lawyer she could probably argue like no no that's all taken out of context that's not what i meant sort of stuff but i don't know man like yeah she's just this a big sleep she's a sleazy like she was going for it more whereas like yeah, yeah she could you know have maybe an excuse for the way she's acted in like the last two episodes as being like we're co-workers we're buddies right you know we're just we're just i'm just razzing you i think that's it yeah i think that's how it's they're trying to play it is like she's an old pal and she's just like she's just jabbing him a little bit but yeah but yeah it comes off like wildly inappropriate in my opinion (laughs) yeah regardless of the gender but i think like the fact that she's the aggressor and she's the woman Especially in 2003, like the audience is going to be a little more forgiving of that inappropriate behavior, probably. But I don't maybe, know. but maybe. also as someone that uh, loves Sandy and Kirsten, yeah, I was like, "Fucking, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, get out of here! Don't give him any dumplings. Get out of here! Why are you even here? Why are you guys working? Put on a sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah." Is yeah, it-, it definitely seems like she she chose that shirt on purpose. I mean, yeah, at this point again, and it's like it's like it could kind of it could still kind of go either way at this point. Like it's she hasn't like made a move on Sandy, but it's like everything she's doing, you're just like, "Come on, dude." Like you're just you're really not uh you're really not helping this guy's marriage at all. Like you're just trying to seduce him. Anyway, we finally get over to the yacht party. Thank big God. ass yacht party. I was going to say, it's a big ass yacht party. Not a big ass yacht, though. Like, it seems, it doesn't seem like the giant boat that I was expecting. <laughs> how do, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I thought it was a, it's a big the, yacht. It's a big I've, multi-million I've never dollar. I've been on a boat that big before. No, me neither. I mean, besides like a cruise ship, but like, you're right. It's it's definitely extravagant and over the top and like totally like a fucking like fuck you money sort of thing to own. But, but at I the get same what you're time, when, like, they, when they do the scene with uh, when Julie Cooper like has the microphone and everyone's like in that in that room. Yeah. It doesn't look very big. Yeah. And like whenever <laughs> they, so like the scene starts with um, uh, Marissa and Ryan arriving. They're like walking on the dock and they're arriving on the boat and Julie, Jimmy and Caitlin are there like greeting everybody. And like the little greeting air, like platform on the boat where you walk on is like tiny <laughs> and then you have to like walk up these like really tiny narrow stairs steep stairs to get up and it just feels more like it feels like less of what i would say is a yacht it's not like the big pimpin yacht it's like it just seems a little smaller to me i don't know i would love for caleb nichols to hear you talk about how how underwhelmed you are by his yacht. Oh, I would love to tell him. <laughs> like, you call that a yacht, Caleb Nickel? I mean, it's cute. It's a cute boat for sure. Maybe it could be a tugboat for my yacht. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like three floors. Like, I don't I 
Yeah, no, know. you're right. I'm like, I'm like downplaying how badass this boat is. But at the same time, it's like, if you're going to have like a Newport event, if this is Julie Cooper's comeback event, like that's got to be like the most ballinest yacht in the harbor, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm thinking like when I think of yachts, yeah, I think of like the big pimpin' video and I think of uh, like the Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Like he has that yacht. And that yacht is way bigger. Like yes. that's that's a party yacht. Exactly. That's what I was expecting. And it wasn't quite that. But probably all they could get with the budget, whatever. Yeah. So um so yeah, Ryan and Marissa enter, the Coopers are there. Julie's like, Caitlin, say hi. And we get a little Shailene Woodley. Little Shailene Woodley. Pops not in. in a not in a goofy costume. Nope, just dressed in- <laughs> dressed in a nice dress. And she gives like a really mean like hi Ryan. <laughs> like she's like really mean to him. And then Julie's like, she doesn't trust new people, but I assure you, Ryan's very trustworthy. And then she kind of like looks at Ryan like, right, uh, Ryan. Uh, aren't you Ryan? And then Ryan like is like, Ugh, and he's like his eyes are darting all over the place. He looks up and he sees Caleb with uh like some, you know, hot young thing on his arm. And he's just, Ryan's just kind of like immediately overwhelmed. He's just like, okay, yeah, oh, great. I wish that there was a scene where Caleb was like, Seth, Ryan, you remember Gabrielle? Yeah. And they're like, that's not Gabrielle, Grandpa. That's a different blonde-haired woman. And he's like, what, really? And she's like, yeah, my name's Allison. It's like, well, you're Gabrielle now. (laughs) Uh, He's like, it, it really doesn't matter, honestly. Yeah. I'm going to go get drunk. Go make out with this boy. <laughs> um, so then we cut over to Caleb, like, up on the deck. And he's greeting Kirsten. And he says, where's the Sandman? And Kirsten just kind of, like, sighs, like, well, where do you think he is? You know, like, he's... Can I tell you how pissed off I am that... Neither of us have referred to Sandy Cohen as the Sandman. I know it took and now Caleb Nickel. Caleb did it, so now I feel like we can't do it because it's. I mean, he's ni- taken it from him. He nicknames Kirsten Kiki, and I still love calling her Kiki. <laughs> so <laughs> he can't own it. We're taking it back. Okay. Sandman is really good, though. <laughs> um. So then Seth and Anna arrive on the boat, and um. Seth's like your earrings are hip like they put these like giant like pendulum earrings on Anna Mm -hmm. and then she gets on a boat and I feel like this might have been ad-libbed and maybe like they did a take and then the director was just like we have to get rid of those earrings and she takes them off yeah Yeah. (laughs) so they like wrote something real quick where Seth's like those earrings are hypnotizing and it was like I think they're gonna make me seasick so she yeah she yanks out these like outrageous earrings that she has um, they're like yo-yos or something hanging off of her ear. I wish she'd gone like, yes, and like thrown him into the sea. <laughs> and like as she as it's flying through the air, it like hits a seagull in the head, and it like <laughs> bird drops into the ocean. <laughs> She's like, holy shit! Um, so yeah, they go up to greet uh, Caleb and Kirsten, and Caleb's like, Seth still built like a pipe cleaner, but looking sharp. <laughs> It's a very strange thing to say. And so Seth's like, same to you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Caleb's like... And then to Anna, he goes... Yeah, yeah you say it. Who's this firecracker? <laughs> it's like, it's like where's... Oh. How many bottles of wine has he drank already? This party is just starting. 
He's already the party being, started two minutes ago. He's already using his, as Seth put it, cowboy speak. <laughs> <laughs> but Anna is fearless. You know, she uh, she says, uh, Seth said you were scary. And then you can see, as she's saying it, you can see Seth in the foreground being like, I didn't say that. <laughs> and then uh, Anna says, but I see an inner sweetness in you, Caleb. <laughs> and Cal's like, I like your moxie. And I'm like, you won over Caleb Nickel with like one line. Hats yeah. off to you. Newsies caps off to you. <laughs> that is, uh, that's well played, man. Like I was, likes, I was impressed. He likes three people. Yeah. And and two of them, he's related to. <laughs> wait, who are you? Wait, three are you referring to? Seth. I was gonna say Kirsten. Kirsten. I forgot about uh, uh, Haley or Kaylee. What's the, oh Haley? What's their the sister? Haley. Yeah, I forgot about her. So I guess four. Well, he likes Seth. Too. People. All right, let's talk okay, about he likes people. Five he's, people. People he's not related to that he likes. You got I guess Julie. <laughs> Julie and now Anna. And Anna, I guess. and that's it. <laughs> so well done, Anna. Um, and then Seth says, <laughs> "Yeah, Caleb's like, I like your moxie." And Seth's like, "Suddenly we're in a film noir <laughs> again, being meta, like being yes, being meta with his with everything he says." So then, enter my favorite <laughs> Chip. Chip has entered the yacht. With summer, but the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend. Do you the chip? Do you want to do uh, Chip's quote here? Oh, I didn't write beautiful. it down. So okay, you do I got it. it. So Chip walks onto the yacht. Okay, I have to give you a little preamble. This kid, I assumed, I'm assuming this kid has lived here his whole life, and he's like a big, he's like a built kid. He's probably on the water polo team, whatever. And he, he gets on the yacht with Summer and he goes, The ocean's so vast. It's like endless. It makes me feel so... And then Summer goes, Insignificant? <laughs> and I'm like, Damn, Summer. Because <laughs> in a way, she's just saying, like, You are insignificant to me. Like, I'm just bringing you here to make this boy jealous. And she just orders him to go get her a drink. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay. But I love that he just has this like stonery kind of like nebulous, like, but it's like also like such a cliche, like it the stuff like he's saying. I, I remember kids in high school that acted like stoners and they'd never smoked weed before. Right. Yeah. It was and like, like a brand. I feel like that was kind of, the vibe I was getting from Chip. I loved it. I thought it was so, especially since, yeah, he's seen the ocean who knows how many fucking times yeah, he, he grew here. up in the ocean. <laughs> but he's like, I think she'll like this if I'm deep. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's trying to be deep. But she says something later that makes me think, oh, okay, everything he said up until this point makes a lot more sense now. And we'll get there. Okay. We'll get to that. So then we cut to below deck or, or in like, yeah, the inside of the yacht. And um, Julie is, she goes up to Ryan. They're like at the bar and she's like, you know, thanks for not telling Marissa about what you saw like me and Caleb or whatever. And Ryan's like, hey, she was pretty stoked about her family getting back together. <laughs> and um, he says like, you, you may be okay with lying to Marissa, 
but not me. So I think he's like basically telling Julie, like, I'm gonna like drop I'm drop this knowledge on her. Uh yeah. Julie says, Stay out of this. It's none of your business. She's my daughter. And Ryan's like, She's my girlfriend. And I'm like, it's fucking on, dude. I love Is that it. the first time that he's referred to it as his girlfriend? I think so. well. Because I think she he told said Seth. boyfriend to him. I think I guess he, yeah, he did say. It but this is him saying it to Julie Cooper, so I feel like that's a big deal. I wish it was the first. This was the first time he was saying it, and he was like, "She's your, she's my daughter. She's my girlfriend." <laughs> and everybody on the yacht like looks at him. <laughs> He's like, "That's right, I said it." girlfriend i want to scream it from the top of the <laughs> yacht i wish this yacht was bigger so that i could <laughs> climb higher i wish it had a crow's nest <laughs> so the- i also kind of thought i don't yeah i've never been on a yacht i don't know how yacht parties work but i kind of assumed the yacht would go into the water like go <laughs> I know. it's like what's out. the point Look, of doing this sail. but no they just stay docked the whole time and i'm like cool yeah. view i guess you get to see all the other boats i don't know yeah again could have done it at the country club it's huge Precisely. and so nice yeah i don't know why this had to be on a yacht but whatever i guess uh i guess fresco wanted a yacht so fresco it was fresco's me. yacht he was just showing oh, it yeah. off <laughs> and the uh the dp gets on there and he's just like Hey, it's going to be kind of tight shooting on this <laughs> tiny ass yacht. And Fresco's like, what are you talking about? This yacht's huge. <laughs> it's the biggest yacht in the harbor. Do you know how much it costs? Yeah. Try to find a bigger yacht. I dare you. Uh, so then we go, we go back on deck. We're with Summer and she's like creeping on Seth and Anna. They're like, just like chatting with each other and having a good old time. And she's over there kind of like lurking. And, um, Marissa approaches Summer and Summer proceeds in this scene to be like petty as shit. Like she's yes. making fun of Anna's like class. She says that Pittsburgh is like the 909 of the East, which I had to look up on Urban Dictionary and 909 is like the area code in California that's associated with like white trash, essentially. Oh. Yeah. Did some research. Um and so I was like, why are you telling, like, that shit ain't going to fly with Marissa. She's dating Chino, like, over there, you know, like, <laughs> she doesn't care about class, like, for, and also, like, that's, that's so petty, Summer. And then she... Uh, also, Pittsburgh's a pretty nice city. Yeah, what's wrong with Pittsburgh? It's fucking cool. They got a bunch of sports teams. They all have matching colors. It's great. So then, <laughs> so Summer's also, like accusing Anna of I guess being like a gold digger because she's going after quote like Caleb Nichols grandson and I'm just like where's this coming from and she did the same thing like a few episodes ago yeah you literally were doing that when you were dragging (laughs) Seth around and then she's like have you seen the way she looks at him and I'm like that kind of nullifies your previous claim of her being a gold digger because if she's into him then obviously she's not just like after his money if you're like if you see the way she looks at him like because she's in love with him then like she's not just in it for the money dude like what are you talking about summer i think there was another line there where she was like and look at those earrings but they had to get rid of that line because she took the earrings off. oh probably yeah they had to do a quick rewrite there so um 
yeah like marissa's like no i haven't seen the way she looks at seth but clearly you have and she's like you like seth and then this is like again like marissa trying to be cute and playful she's like you like him (laughs) (laughs) but it's so weird and awkward but Bless her, she's trying to be fun. Yeah. And then Summer's like, no, I don't. I can't. He's Seth Cohen. She's like freaking out, like realizing what she knows is true. Like, is she that out of touch with her own feelings? Can't deny it, Summer. Yeah, quit being a dick, Summer. (laughs) So Marissa's like, well, he likes you. And she kind of like takes off, like dropping that little bomb on Summer and then like bailing. Uh, And then Summer's like, Summer's like, fuck. And then she like looks over at Seth and Anna one more time. And like the the shot of Seth and Anna talking that they choose to end on is so strange. <laughs> it's like Seth in the middle of a sentence where he's just ad-libbing shit. And I like I watched it like three times and he goes, uh, it's for and then they cut. <laughs> like that's all Seth says. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like ended think- on him making her laugh or something, you know, but like do you think this was a another instance of the version you were watching? Because I don't know if I remember that. I think it really. It might. I don't think it, I. I don't think I had that shot. Do, do you remember? You remember anything about the how that scene ended? I remember uh, Marissa going like walking away and being like, well, "That's a shame," because he likes you. And then Summer's like, Summer kind of has this look like he does, and it's like, yeah. Obviously, he does, Summer. Huh. Have you fucking pay attention? And then it cuts to, because, um, like, the next scene is at the Partridge, Savage, and Con, or is it? Uh, next, we go to Marissa approaching Ryan on the top. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, it cuts immediately. It cuts. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was a shot of. Huh. <laughs> of Seth and Anna. What the fuck is with these, like, bootleg versions I'm watching? I'm glad you got the DVDs, because but- that's. That's canon and that's official, but I thought that you was... You know what? You know what the OC is on, though, uh, that just came out? Is that HBO Max? <gasps> really? I got to yeah. get that. I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> 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 I think I get it for free with AT&T. I don't know. I saw oh, I got perfect. like an email or something. We'll see. Anyway, so then we cut to the top deck with Marissa and Ryan and Marissa, again, is still, like, so hopeful about Jimmy and Julie getting back together. And, you know, Ryan, Ryan's, like, trying to, to like, kind of ease her off of this high. And so he's just like, you know, parents are weird. I wouldn't count on it. Like, he's approaching this, like, really terribly. <laughs> you know, parents are weird. Parents are weird. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, pff, your parents aren't going to get back together. I'm like, why why are you doing it this way ryan and marissa's like then marissa gets kind of like defensive she's like well it figures you would say that and ryan's like what's that supposed to mean and i'm like how did this turn into a fight like you guys are getting along (laughs) (laughs) like ryan's just withholding information and like really like just like fucking himself up right now (laughs) and marissa's like um like you don't understand how much this means to me that like my my family will get back together or whatever and Ryan's like I do I do but you know it didn't work out between my mom and dad and Marissa's like yeah but mine might be different and then Ryan's just like okay okay I'm gonna quit like bullshitting right now and I'm gonna tell you that I saw your mom with Caleb I saw him making out 
I'm sorry. And Marissa just like immediately goes into classic Marissa, which is just like, I'm crying and I'm running away. That's how she kind of like processes stuff, I guess. Yeah. And Ryan's left there just like, fuck, well, yeah, I knew that would happen and it happened. (laughs) And I probably ruined the night for her, but like, you know, where else was it going to go? This is a truth that was going to come out. I'm also thinking like, what's Julie's plan here? Like, just do this event. I guess probably to get through this party. And then, because she, like, at the beginning when they were getting on the boat, there was that photographer that was like, hey, can I get a Cooper family photo? Right. And and Marissa is like, totally. Yeah. And then they all, the four of them all, like, take a picture together. And Julie says something about, like, from some magazine or like Newport magazine or something. Yeah. Riviera, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, yeah, like that's why she's doing, she's it's like a photo. She op. wants the family to all be there and be happy for like the pictures and for the, so that everyone in the community can see. And then she'll probably tell Marissa about Caleb <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that's my She thing. probably hasn't thought that far. Yeah. I'm just like, for his like, conniving and plotting as julie cooper is i was like this one doesn't feel super well thought out like lead my daughter on to think that i'm gonna get back together with her father my ex-husband and then just like pull the rug out from under and be like psych i'm gonna get married to this old asshole (laughs) you know like i don't know it just seemed strange to me but nonetheless uh then we cut over to partridge savage and khan it's nighttime. We're with Sandy and Rachel again. They're still on the floor eating Chinese food, working, drinking Their beer. Bellies full of dumplings. <laughs> They're um, so they start stacks looking stacks of stacks of paper. Yes, pot. strewn about the floor. Yes, all over the place. They start looking for the same document, and Rachel's like, "I think it's in this stack of paper." And Sandy's like, "I think it's in this stack of paper." And they kind of like cross their arms over each other. And Sandy's like, I feel like we're playing Twister. And uh, Rachel's like, ooh, that game got me into a lot of trouble in college. I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? What kind of trouble? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, legal trouble. Legal trouble. <laughs> Restraining orders. Uh, Sandy's she was like, very competitive. And then Sandy's kind of like brings it back to reality. Like, hey, we're in enough trouble as it is. Rachel says... Did Caleb accuse us of having an affair today? And Sandy's like, yep, he sure did. <laughs> and Rachel starts like crawling over to him, being all now now she's like obviously I'm like, okay, like yeah. you've 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 proven my my thoughts about you. Um You're like, all right, Sandy, it's happening right now. You're yeah. gonna have to <laughs> Time to make a decision. <laughs> you've Sandy. been really nice to her this whole time. Yep, giving her the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. But now it's like she has you in her crosshairs and she's moving in. She's like, Because we work together and we eat together and we talk on the phone together. And it's and, and like the whole time I'm thinking like Sandy's like, Yeah, I thought we were working on a case. I didn't <laughs> think we were like <laughs> I do that with Partridge, Savage, and Khan, too. Yeah. Like, you think you're the only person I eat dumplings with? Sandy has the best response, though, because they're, like, face-to-face. Yeah, she's about to kiss him. She's, like, there. If it's it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And Sandy goes, 
I got a boat to catch. Yeah, I love I got a boat to catch. And he's out. He dips. He's just like, yeah. fuck you, Rachel. Bye. So then we Bye, Rachel. I'm Rachel. <laughs> I'm Rachel. So then we cut back to the yacht. It's nighttime now. Uh, we're with Seth and Anna. Um, they're just like people watching on the bow. And um, they're just like ripping into everybody. It's funny. Two pays, fake boobs, boom, 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 nailing them, having yeah. fun. Good kids having fun. Um, Anna says, you know, there there aren't people like this in Pittsburgh. And Seth says, oh, you must hate it here. And then Anna turns to him and like gives him this very, very loving look. And she says, it's it's growing on me. And they are about to kiss. They are... Go like Anna's going for it. She's like doing the head turn and everything. She she kind of initiates it with she that does. line and then the head turn. And then Seth is like gives it back. He's like, all right, they're moving so slowly towards each other. Right. Ever so slowly. And then Seth bails. He like pulls out and he's like, Are you thirsty? I want to go grab some Mountain Dews. <laughs> That's the least sexy drink. Yeah, I swear to God, Seth is a big Mountain Dew fan at these at these parties. I know at like casino night, he was he was chugging Mountain Dews. I wonder if that's like him leaning into the whole like nerd culture side of his character, like the Magic the Gathering thing. Like he doesn't ever talk about Magic the Gathering other than saying Magic the Gathering. You know, right. he never says he like, never references a specific card. Yeah, or, or like anything <laughs> about his deck or whatever. He's just like, oh, I play Magic the Gathering and drink Mountain Dew. It's like a very surface level kind of nerd. What's the best card in your deck? Yeah. The the Gathering. Probably the Gathering. <laughs> I mean, it's really rare. It's, it's the, such a rare card. The Gathering or the Magic. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder if the Mountain Dew thing is another like, because that's like a gamer drink, I guess. It's like a D&D staple. I don't know. It's also kind of a because he's he's a skateboarder too. That's so it's true. Kind of an extreme. Yeah, extreme. <laughs> it's a lot of crossover with Mountain Dew. So, um, yeah, he 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 exits and Anna's just like, sure, yeah, I'll take a drink. Like she's taking that one on the chin. Um, Seth exits and he passes Summer and Chip on his way to get a drink. And then, okay, this is it. So this is what I was referencing. So Chip says, he's like looking up at the the sky or whatever. He's like, check it out. It's like totally dark and yet totally visual. (laughs) (laughs) And Summer's, okay. So this is where I'm like, okay, Chip makes so much more sense to me. And I like him even more after Summer says her next line. She says, you finish shrooming. And I'm going to go get a drink. Like Chip is taking mushrooms and going to yacht parties. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like Chip. Ah, is the I coolest. want to party with Chip. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, Summer. Yeah, I kind of know you. What? You want to go? You want me to take you to a yacht party on a fancy yacht with a bunch of rich people at a charity thing? Cool. Yeah, I got some mushrooms. <laughs> I was going to eat mushrooms on Saturday night. And she's like, you can you still, still do that. You, I just need you to be there. Yeah, I'll like, drive. Okay. You just hang out and drink free drinks and eat free food and like be on a boat. And he's just like, cool. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> 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 Fucking Chip, man. Chip. If this show was about Chip, there would be like zero drama. 
Because Chip would just be like <laughs> chill with everything. He'd just be like, oh, you want to bang that old man? That's cool. No worries. It's life, man. <laughs> I'm going to go look at that rock over there that has a bunch of seals on it. Yeah, that shit is dope. Why aren't you We're guys? Look at you that guys for wanted, the next seven hours. Why are you guys arguing with each other? There's a <laughs> rock with literally like dozens of seals on it. <laughs> you guys got your priorities all wrong. The whole group. <laughs> so, uh, so Summer kind of chases after Seth here. Leaves uh, Chip to finish tripping on <laughs> on his own. Um, then we cut to below deck, and Julie grabs the microphone. She gets on stage. She's making an announcement. She's saying, like, thank you to everybody for coming out and donating money, blah, blah, blah. Um, Didn't need that microphone. Small room. A small room. Probably could have. Tiny Probably could have just. <laughs> yeah. Tiny boat. So uh, Jim and, uh, Jimmy and Caitlin are to her right, and Caleb is to her left. Oh, really setting the stage here. Marissa and Ryan walk in. Uh, and then we cut over to Summer and Seth, and Summer just grabs Seth, pulls him aside. Then we cut back to Ryan and Marissa. They're like ramping up the pacing. They're like, "Here we go, guys!" Shows reaching ahead, and uh, Ryan's just kind of like, eh, "Let's get out of here!" Like Marissa's upset, obviously, and he's like, "I think he's kind of afraid of what Marissa might do in this moment." And um, Marissa likes to do this sometimes, where instead of when like instead of being like let's get out of here she's like no i'm gonna burn this party to the fucking ground yeah <laughs> like, man she gets real intense because she knows how much her mom cares about her like perception by the right. public by by everybody you know what i mean and so she's like what better way to humiliate her than to do it like live in front of all these people but yeah it does it does take the Take the party down a few notches. <laughs> so Marissa's, yeah, For sure. she's just like, I'm not going to let her get away with it. And I'm just like, oh, shit, what's she going to do? <laughs> then we cut back to Seth and Summer. And Summer just like big time kisses Seth on the mouth hard. And then Summer's just like, oh, no, 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 no. I like Seth Cohen. I like Seth Cohen. What? This can't be. And then she tells Seth Cohen, don't tell anyone I like you or I will kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> Which is the kind of fun we <laughs> like to have with someone. Later, when when they're walking, when Seth and Anna are walking off the boat, he looks up and and Summer's still up there, and and Chip is beside her, just still like looking up at the Stargazing, sky, not saying anything. Chip. And Summer does the like, yeah. slit your throat thing. I know, <laughs> it's so great. It's fucking good. Yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah. Then we cut back to the speech, and Julie invites Marissa to the stage. Big mistake. <laughs> Marissa <laughs> kind of like reluctantly goes up there. Julie says that Caitlin's going to pick the winner, winner of the raffle for a romantic getaway for two at some fucking spa, whatever. Um, yeah. And Marissa will, like, Caitlin's going to draw, and Marissa will announce the winner on the microphone. So Marissa takes the microphone, and she thanks Julie, and she thanks Caleb, and she says, you know, if anyone deserves a romantic getaway, it's you two. They've been keeping their romance a secret, but tonight, the secret's out. Mic drop, Marissa. Mic out. drop, <laughs> and then you, and then they show Jimmy, and Jimmy gives this like, oh boy, yeah. Look. He's always just kind of like shrugging and rolling his eyes, like, well, that's my wife. 
Um, and like, so yeah, Marissa does this. Ryan sees all of this, of course. And Ryan's like got a big old justice boner. Like he's just like, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> um, and then Julie says to Jimmy, like, don't start with me, Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, I'm done with you. You are Caleb's problem now, which like good for Jimmy. Get out yes! while you still can. Um, and then Julie exits and then Caitlin, sweet little Shailene Woodley, announces the winner. She's like, and the winner is Sandy and Kirsten Cohen. And then we cut over to Kirsten. Sandy's still not there. He's on his way, but he's not there. He's on his way. And Kirsten just witnessed all this happen and she just like throws her arms up just like whatever <laughs> like <laughs> there's like a, there's like a smattering like a few people clap and she kind of just puts her arm up like, she's just yeah. like okay <laughs> <laughs> um doesn't really matter it's fine um so then we cut to the starboard starboard side of the boat that's right i learned the sides of the boat i didn't, <laughs> I didn't learn how to pronounce them <laughs> but the starboard side i believe is the starborn side starboard starburns side of the boat <laughs> uh we're with marissa she just like she's just like all you know fired up from that 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 moment she had uh, starboard is starboard is left starboard's the the right side if you're facing the front of the boat starboard's the right side and the uh, port okay. is the left. Port's easy to remember because left is has four letters in it, L-E-F-T, and port has oh. four letters, right? And then you have the bow, which is the front, and the stern, which is the back. That's easy to remember because Howard Stern is an ass, and the stern is the, parts. Is, the, is the private parts. Yeah, <laughs> it's the back of the boat. Uh, what do you call the bottom of the boat? The, the hull? The hull, I think, yeah. You know more than I do. Check that out. Check you out, Mr. Boat Boy. Uh, it's easy to remember because uh, port is left and has four letters and starboard backwards is right. Whoa. I never realized that. I feel like Chip right now. Blow <laughs> my mind. Uh, so, so, yeah, Marissa's on starboard side. Julie enters. Julie's like, I was trying to show you that we could have a life together like we used to. And Marissa's like, well, what about dad? <laughs> Julie's like, I'll always love your father. But after what he did, we do not have a future together. And then Marissa's like, well, neither do we. And then she storms off as she's so good at doing. And um, I mean, I kind of like see where Julie's like, Julie obviously handled this very terribly. But, like, I could understand her, like, not wanting to get back with Jimmy. Because, like, he seriously betrayed her trust yeah. as a partner with his shitty actions. So, it's like, I get that. You don't want to be with him. But, like, don't lead your family on the way you did. And if you're, like, like having a... If you're dating... I went, It's not even having an affair because, like, she and Jimmy are divorced. But, like, if you're dating Caleb, like, just be upfront about that shit. Like, yeah, like it's your life. Quit trying to hide it. Yeah, I think that's what she's most upset about is that she had to find out from her boyfriend who oh, yeah. accidentally saw them kissing. Yeah, I totally get I get everybody in this scene. This is good writing because I'm like, I, I think you're on Caleb's side again, Mitchell. I you are want, team Caleb. I just, want to, I just feel like if he finds the right person. <laughs> He could be a really good guy. 
Um, he's got a great boat. Yeah. He's a really good father. <laughs> um, so then we go to the dock uh, where with Seth and Anna, they're exiting the yacht party. Uh, Anna's catching Seth up on the big, you know, reveal that Marissa dropped. And Seth's like, so Marissa could be my aunt? <laughs> if, if Julie marries Caleb. Um, like, oh, yeah. Which she does. She does. It happens. Um, and Anna says, uh, where were you? Like, when all that was going down. And Seth kind of, like, bullshits an answer. And then uh, he sees, yeah, this is where he sees Summer do, like, the I will slit your throat, like, hand motion yeah. pantomiming thing. And then uh, so they just keep on walking. Then we cut back to the yacht. We're with Kirsten and Caleb. And Kirsten's like, I trusted you, dad, with all this stuff about my marriage. And you used it against me in that conference. And you won't even tell me anything about what's going on with you. And which is like super reasonable and mature and just like calling this guy out on his hypocrisy. And then Caleb just goes, well, if this, I knew this was how you were going to react. Like, of course I'm not going to tell you. I'm just like, fuck you, you fragile white man. Like, <laughs> yeah, for like, him to I go, can't, well, this is your fault. Yeah, if you're going to get mad at me, then like we can't even have a discussion. It's just like, fuck you, dude. She has every right to be mad at you, you piece of shit. Uh, uh, you're not Tim Caleb. I'm not anymore. in his corner anymore. No, not after that. <laughs> not after that. He had a moment. He had a moment where he could have been real with his daughter, but he fucking blew it. Like it's similar does. to Julie. They have these little, little, little bits where you're like, come on, come on. No. Yeah. You, you had a chance to to really win me over. And Julie did it for most of this episode. But then yeah. she blew it at the end. But even when she was like went out there and kind of like kind of like apologized to Marissa or at least like explained the situation, I I like I still like I I sympathize with her more than I do Caleb. Caleb's just a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, no, he he doesn't. I don't know if he ever like redeems himself. He'll have like little moments where he's like tolerable, right? But that's as good as you get out of this guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Kirsten drops the. Well, all right. So outside of the office, we don't have anything to talk about. She's basically like, "I'll still work with you, but like, I'm not. No more dinners. No more phone calls. Like, we're only discussing business." I'm done. So she begins to exit and then she runs into So Sandy yeah. broke it off with Rachel. Yeah. And Kirsten broke it off with Caleb. Sounds like they can have sex because they're not going to be getting those late night phone calls. Don't give up on me, baby. baby. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. All right. Top three or like top three things you want to see. That they'll never show on the OC. I want to see Sandy S- surfing. Sandy and Kirsten fucking. Oh, okay. That's that's at the top. <laughs> that's now. That's I'm just going to say all the characters having sex. <laughs> I want to see Caleb and Julie having sex. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's on tonight. But uh, so as Kirsten's leaving, I mean, she's pissed. As she's leaving, Sandy enters and um, <laughs> and goes I'm here yeah like I made it 
like at the end of the party and Kirsten's immediately just like we're leaving and Sandy just turns around and like walks off the boat and he's he like goes, but I wore a jacket, I wore a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is funny him. because it's very much like the OC to have this like like moment that you think like okay he he left the office and he told Rachel he's got a boat to catch. So there's going to be this scene where Kirsten is just like, like really distraught. She's like and looking like at the not clock. Not knowing what's going on. Yeah. And like the, the yacht is going to be like pulling away from the dock. Right. And then we're going to see Sandy like running alongside <laughs> the dock. Like Kirsten. Yeah. He like, jumps. I love you. He's like swimming in the ocean and he like climbs up the little ladder thing yeah, off the side of the yacht. You think that they're, they're and then they're and uh he's gonna be like, sorry, I'm late or something, and then they're gonna sweep and it's her gonna off be her just feet. Me, yeah. And like fucking snow patrol is gonna be playing in the background. Like, <laughs> Dolphins are leaping I'm out of the water. Here. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be beautiful. But like this Instead, is the scene we got. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm here. She's like, we're, we're leaving. leaving. But I wore a jacket. Hey, <laughs> you're right. I'm walking here. It's pretty anticlimactic with them. But <laughs> it's okay. They have another. I loved uh, it. They have another moment before the episode's over. So then we cut back to starboard side, and Marissa's <laughs> Marissa's still just standing there. I guess like she's just been standing there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, by herself. Uh, and then Ryan enters. Because he's like, hey, you've been standing there for two hours. Are you okay? <laughs> Ryan's like... Uh, She's like, yeah, Chip gave me some mushrooms. So I've just been kind of <laughs> taking in the scene. Just kind of vibing right now. <laughs> Ryan's like, uh, do, you, do you want me to take you back to your dad's? And Marissa's like, you know, I think I'm ready for our first date. And Ryan's like, we are way past that. <laughs> like, <laughs> We skipped a few dates in the relationship building tonight. <laughs> Like this was, this was a lot, and then we cut to uh, so we're done. So Marissa's like, "I'm mad at my mom. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck you." <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's like, "All right." <laughs> this worked out better than I could have predicted. Uh, so then we cut to Sandy and Kirsten's bedroom with Sandy and Kirsten. And uh, Sandy's, you could tell, like, Kirsten's telling Sandy about everything that happened. Sandy's like, so Julie could be your stepmom? <laughs> like, it's just like Seth, where he's just, like, putting, connecting the dots with, like, familial ties. Yes. That's so, and it, it's not a callback, so we're not going to do the drop. We're not marking it. Yeah. But it is this, like, father and son thing of, like, that's the first thing they think of. Yeah. is like, all right, well, then how will that person relate to us? That is very Dickensian, actually. Like, yeah. these these spider webs of, like, family ties. Um, <laughs> so, Sandy's, uh, or, or Kirsten's, rather, is like, we won the raffle. And Sandy's like, cool. So, uh, what are you doing now? And Kirsten says, you. <laughs> Don't give up on me, baby. Let's mash those up. That's like what Sandstorm and Burke. It's like before Girl Talk. So, like, Sandy was like the prototype. He has two two boom boxes and he hits play at the same time 
And one's playing Don't Give Up On Me, Man. And the other one's playing Sandstorm. <laughs> DJ Sandman. And that's what they that's how that's what they fuck too. Like Oh, but the <laughs> give up on me, baby. <laughs> that would be a banger. Um, so yeah, it's gone. Everybody's fucking in in the Cohen household tonight. I, I guess except for Seth. <laughs> yeah. What's new? Uh, so then we cut to the pool house, and it's Ryan and Marissa. And um, the the way that they cut this, I feel like this is a Schwartz kind of like uh uh what do you call it? It's like a like a magic trick <laughs> it's like a bait and switch or something it's like, like so a magic the gathering trick? it's a magic the gathering trick so so kirsten says i'm doing you tonight and they start making out right and then it cuts Again, to kirsten getting mm, yeah she's raunchy i love it <laughs> so then we cut to like the the foot of a bed and you see a bunch of clothes on the floor and then we're slowly tracking up and we see feet and we hear like the heavy breathing again and we're just like oh shit we're about to see like sandy and kirsten like bone and then but then it reveals that it's ryan and marissa in the pool house and you're just like oh you got me yeah and it's like marissa who like changed clothes like yes. she's wearing <laughs> always <laughs> pants bring a, and a shirt yeah always bring a change of clothes <laughs> you never know where you're gonna end up at these yacht parties um so yeah we get the bait and switch with ryan and marissa uh ryan asked marissa if she wants to spend the night and he's just like we don't have to do anything we can just like sleep or whatever it's cool and marissa's just like are sandy and kirsten cool with that and ryan's like we haven't had that talk yet and that's what they call a callback in comedy ryan callback <laughs> market market callback. Don't give up, Don't on, give me, up on me, baby. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they cut the lights out. And <laughs> They're then, not even in the same time signature. <laughs> no, not at all. Like it would never work. You'd have to like chipmunk Solomon's voice, like Kanye style. Um, so like, Ryan cuts the lights out, and then Marissa immediately just like jumps on top of him. And he's like, I guess we're not sleeping. And then Marissa just says, best date ever. And then, boom, we cut to credits. We go out on uh, the song Breathe by the band Leaves, (laughs) which is like, oh, fine. It's fine. It's whatever. (laughs) It's like one of those slow jam indie rock songs. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a good one for the OC. Yeah, fits perfectly. I've never heard of it before. It works well. Yep. And that's uh, episode 10, The Perfect Epi Couple. Episode 10! Who's the perfect couple now, do you think? I think it's Julie and Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Chip and the Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, Chip and Mushrooms. That's the perfect couple. <laughs> Just the, I see more harmony in that relationship than any other one in the OC. Oh. Uh, I'm so sad we never... He's just... He's in our lives for just a brief moment and just like that yeah. it's gone it's like a like a shooting star <laughs> flying through the sky <laughs> i wish summer was like after she gave the like i'm gonna slit your throat seth hand motion thing she was like let's go chip and she turns and he's not there she's like chip <laughs> chip he's just like drinking seawater because he's fucking <laughs> he's like out of his mind <laughs> oh yeah i love chip i think uh so is that our MVP for the episode. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, give it to Chip. <laughs> he's not going to get any other I, opportunities. I mean, I was going to say Chip or Sandy. Sandy's going to get so many of them. Uh, Sandy did. He did good, but I don't know. I also feel like Ryan was pretty strong in the set. So here's what I said for Sandy. Yeah. He resisted Rachel crawling towards him. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't resist he, the dumplings, though. Yeah, but he's power, powerless to dumplings. He's powerless to dumplings. Uh, he faced off with Caleb in the conference room scene. And again, by the end of this episode, similar to the last one, him and Kirsten are okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're. They're they're hooking. I feel hooking like up. I feel like Kirsten was very forgiving in this episode too, which might put her in the running. Like she was always very like she was always like cool about Sandy, like working late and stuff. She was like, I trust you. And like she kind of stood up to her dad at the end there and was just like, Fuck you, dude, like we're done. So I kinda like Kirsten in this one. I kinda like Marissa for like calling Julie out publicly like that. Like, that took some cojones. I'm going to disqualify Marissa for the delivery of the line. W- I'm which really one? Oh. Happy. Happy. <laughs> Whatever that means. This is the OC MVP trophy. You're we can't right. be giving it to people who say lines like that. You're right. I'm just talking through. I'm just, just seeing. <laughs> I'm just like weighing the pros and cons of everybody. Uh, Anna, Anna was pretty good in this episode. We didn't really like move the needle a whole lot on her and Seth's relationship, but it's, that's kind of, unfortunately, like that's kind of, well, actually I was going to say they, well, they do start dating Seth and Anna at one yes. point, but it is, there's always just this thing of like, she's the, she's kind of his like second choice, which sucks and yeah, we'll get more into it, but it's like, uh, an issue I had rewatching it of like right. just the way that he treats both of them. Just like, come on, man. I know. This isn't fair. It's not. Seth gets in over his head pretty quick. Yeah. Um who else do we have? Julie, obviously no. Caleb, obviously no. Rachel sucks. Um Jimmy didn't do anything. Seth didn't really do anything. Summer sucked this episode. Yeah. Eh. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Chip. <laughs> All right. Who do you Chip, want? My friend, you had two lines and you won us over. You clinched it, dude. <laughs> With your love of the planet. He's a closer, man. He's like the relief p- pitcher coming in at the bottom of the night. <laughs> Just came in throwing 150 miles an hour. <laughs> Making us question what it is that we know about the ocean and the sky. Yep. Congratulations, (laughs) Chip. Chip. (laughs) We don't know your last name. (laughs) Just Chip. Doesn't matter. We never see him again. You're a winner in our eyes. Ride off into that sunset, (laughs) you champion, you. Yeah. God bless him. Well, guys, that does it for episode 10. Thanks for listening all the way through to the end. As always, uh, we love you. Our email is janmitchellstheocpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram if you want. I'm not really posting much anymore. But I'm at Mitchell Hardage, H-A-R-D-A-G-E. J is J, the Instagram. 
And anything else? Uh, you could listen to our band. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, we have band. Not ever. I always forget about our band. Well, because we can't play it. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We can't play together anymore. It's fucking bummer. Yeah. Like every all music has like been put on hold. It really sucks. But yeah, Jay and I are in a band called Marcus. We have an album called Dog Boys in Z Town. <laughs> if you want to listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you listen to it on. Uh, yeah. And that that wraps it up, man. Keep keep guys keep getting out there, keep protesting, keep donating, keep supporting Black Lives in America. Brianna Taylor's murderers still haven't been arrested. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> How is that? Oh, I don't want to get into it, but it's fucked up. Unbelievable. It's fucked up. But we're gonna keep fighting the good fight, guys. I hope you do too. Yes. Um. We love you. Until next week, we will. Oh, see, see you later. Next time. Next time? Later. <laughs> Can you say how should we do it? Because you say until until next time, we'll oh see you. Oh, see you later. La- later. Okay, that plays. All right, okay. let's do a let's do that again. Retake. <laughs> okay. Until next time, we'll. Oh, oh, see, see you later. later. Perfect. <laughs> Bye, guys. I think we nailed it. Yep. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. <laughs>